Welcome back to Yesterday Today. I'm your host, Jake Westbrook. With me is McLean Westbrook, as per the norm around here. And McLean, I have a little bit of a surprise for you. It's, uh, this is going to make you very happy. I know you were a little upset. Jake, the last surprise you had for me burned down half the town. Exactly. So, this is related. Um, so we maybe take a... Br- oh, it's you're going to do it again. Tempting, but no. So... Yeah, the city's mad at us, mayor's mad at us. Well, they can't really prove it was us, technically, but the point is, I am going to cover our backs, legally speaking, on this entire situation. I've hired us some okay. legal counsel. Oh, you have a, you hired us a lawyer. <coughs> well, in, in, uh, in point of fact, you really can't say the word lawyer. Uh, not in reference to myself. Not, you're not a lawyer, then. Uh, no, uh, in fact, absolutely not. Uh, I'm uh, required to tell you that you absolutely must not call me a lawyer. In fact, what I would be is something far superior. Uh, I'm an advisor, a free man of the land. McLean, this is William Beauregard Huckster IV. Uh, I think he likes to be called Slick Willie these There's days. three more of William Beauregard Hucksters? Apparently, yes. So you remember when we were in Albuquerque and we saw that flyer that was tied to the telephone pole that looked like somebody had just drawn on it with crayon? Well, that was Slick Willie's, and uh, I I called him up just because I remember they had that on me. I called him up, and uh, he agreed to represent us in this situation. He goes by Slick Willie, does Well, telephone poles are, in point of fact, a form of public property owned by free men on the land. So it's perfectly fine to attach all kinds of advertisements from them. Uh, hang your clothing from them to dry. You know, they got those nice little cables going across up there. And uh, Whatever the case, it led me to you, uh, fine gentlemen, to support your uh, efforts in a non-lawyer capacity. Uh, I understand there were some uh, explosions at which you were uh, uh, near in the proximity, uh, but had, of course, no real involvement with. Isn't that right now? Jake, I gotta be honest, I'm getting some vibes off this guy. Uh, okay, we'll discuss, look, we can discuss this. We gotta get the uh, show going first. Uh, the theme today, of course, is Down on the Farm. Uh, we're gonna be presenting old-time radio shows about farm life. Farming. The farm. I don't know much about farms, I'll be honest. I know cows are involved. Maybe you can learn. Now, the first show we have is an episode of Milton Burroughs' radio show. Yes, he did Radio 2. I know he's best known for his television work, and uh, his radio series didn't last very long because he was, well, for whatever reason, he just never got very high uh, high ratings for it. I really like his radio show, but, I don't know, that's just me. But anyway, this is Milton Burrow and his salute to the American farmer. From Radio City in New York, here is the Milton Burrow Show, with Perk Telson, Jack Albertson, Arnold Stang, Mary Ship, Frank Milano, Al Kelly, Jackson Beck, our singing star, Dick Farney, the music of Ray Block and his orchestra, and yours truly, Frank Gallagher. Ladies and gentlemen, our program tonight salutes the American farmer. This year, for the first time, the state of Iowa has lost its championship as the world's biggest producer of corn. And here is the new champion, Milton Berle. <laughs> Thank you and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Gallup, I was shocked. I really was. <laughs> Literally shocked at your introduction, calling me corny. Me, Milton Burrow, corny. All words to describe me. Whimsical, yes. <laughs> Sparkling, yes. Waggish, yes. But corny, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
right you are, Mr. Gallup. Believe me, I- I'm nothing. Oh, come now, Burl. Don't start again with that nauseating self-pity. <laughs> Please, let's face it. All my life, I've been corny. I've always been a cornball. Do you know that when I was born, it took three stalks to deliver me? (laughs) One to carry me and two to beat off the crows. (laughs) My (laughs) family... I mean, there's no sense of laughing. My family was worried, too. For a long time, they didn't know if I would grow or pop. (laughs) I was terribly corny. At bedtime, Mother would never undress me. She used to husk me. She used to husk me. (laughs) The, uh... That's corny. But the story, Mr. Gallup, that is the story of my life. Warner Brothers wanted to make it into a musical. They were going to have Lassie play me. (laughs) Don't laugh, of course. Lassie wouldn't really do the singing. They were going to dub in the voice of Thunderhead. (laughs) But what's the use? Oh, chin up, Earl. Stiff up a lip. Stiff up a lip. What's going to keep the low one from sagging? <laughs> no, Mr. Gallup, there is no use trying to cheer me up. Well, perhaps the story of my friend Tito Barini will inspire you. Tito Barini? A musician. Yes? His is the story of a man's fight against fate. Tito played the cello. I see, and the odds were against him? Tremendously. He was not need. <laughs> Well, how could he get the cello between his legs? Uh, two strong men would pry his knees apart. Yes? With the cello safely between his knees, Tito would nod. The men let go, and his knees snapped shut. Snap shut? Yes, you could hear the splintering for miles. <laughs> oh, gosh, such bravery. And here I am complaining. Yes. Tito faced his problem squarely. Mm. And you, Bill, should do what he did. What did he do? He shot himself. <laughs> I should shoot myself? <laughs> That's clever. <laughs> but let's go on with the program. Maybe somebody in the audience will save me the trouble. <laughs> Maybe somebody... <laughs> You're awake, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going sleep with the lights on. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, our salute to the American farmer. At this time of the year, in the midst of the harvest, the American farmer pauses for a few days of fun. The county fair... Let us join him in his rejoicing as we two make the rounds of the county fair. Come with me, come with me, dear listener, listeners, as we... I may be right. Come with me, dear listeners, as we take a trip through the various farm exhibits. Ah, here's the livestock exhibit. And there is Mrs. And there... Beautiful livestock, too. There is Mrs. E.T. Nielsen, whose pig just won the grand prize. Let us go over and visit with her while she is feeding her pig. Mrs. Mrs. Nielsen... Mrs. Nielsen, you mind if we talk to you while you're feeding your pig? Not at all. My, my. Look at him eat. No wonder he won the ribbon. Mighty big pig, ain't he? 400 pounds and he's still gaining. Wonderful, Mrs. Nielsen. I wonder if we could speak to your husband, Mr. Nielsen. Sure. Hey, Ed, someone wants to talk to you. Tell him I don't talk while I'm eating. Thank you, Mr. Nielsen. You were swill. <laughs> but, but it is at the county fair where farmers are shown the latest scientific agricultural equipment. 
Here, we're just in time for the exhibit of the new milking machine. And now, gentlemen, this is the new Milkmore jet-propelled milking machine. First, let me demonstrate the old style of milking by hand. Easy there, bossy. No. And notice how slow this is. Mm. <laughs> and now, let me attach the new Milkmore machine to the cow. No. And now, we pull the switch. Thank you. You can just call me Milk and Burl. <laughs> Thank you. Ah, uh, uh, Mr. Gallup, in everybody's life, there are memories of happy days on a farm. And also golden memories of a little country sweetheart shyly walking by your side as you sang. Down by the old mill stream. Met you with your eyes so blue. Kind of low, isn't it? <laughs> ah, tender memories of Cynthia. I remember when I first met you, Cynthia, down by the old mill stream. I could tell at a glance that you'd been through the mill. <laughs> ah, Cynthia, you are my wholesome little farm girl with that cute little freckle. Too bad it covered your whole face. You were my delicate, fragile, Cynthia. 260 pounds, but it was all solid bone and bustle. You were the only thing on the farm that the bull was afraid of. <laughs> Cynthia, I, 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 I remember... I remember our first rendezvous. You had a flower behind your ear, and I tried to pluck the flower, and you screamed. I didn't know it was growing there. my heart, I have a picture of you, Cynthia, walking off to the barn, carrying those two big pails. Then you drink up the beer and come staggering back. <laughs> How they made you work on that farm, Cynthia. All day long, you were out plowing the fields, and when you came in at night, you were so tired, sometimes you'd fall asleep before they could get your harness off. <laughs> before they could get your harness off. <laughs> if this is going to be a staring contest, I'm not going to stand for it. Cynthia, that we're not breaking this stuff in on you, you know. We've done this for years. Cynthia! <laughs> Cynthia, it's the cute little things I remember about you, Cynthia. The way you used to stand out from all the others at the square dance. You were the biggest square at the dance, and you're embarrassed. You're a you're, you're, you're little embarrassed laugh that day at the horse show when the judges try to count your teeth. <laughs> and then our wonderful rustic romance ended down by the old mill stream. You fell into the flour mill. And to this day, Cynthia, every time I open a loaf of bread, I look for you. <laughs> because you were 16. My village queen. Down by the old mill Please, if, if you liked it, just leave your name and address. 
I'll come to your house and do it for a small fee. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, as a public service to the farmers whom we are honoring tonight, we have with us tonight, well, sort of a special occasion, Mr. J.J. Finster, one of the country's foremost agricultural experts, ex exper, experts, experts, who, uh... <laughs> Oh, that Lena the hyena's writing this, I think. <laughs> Agricultural experts who have... <laughs> be funny if this is an audition and I don't know it tonight. <laughs> this gentleman, this agricultural man... <laughs> ...has some vital farm information for all our rural listeners. Ladies and gentlemen, my pleasure to present to you this very, very great mind, Mr... J.J. Finster. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I have some questions sent in by farm listeners, Mr. Finster. Go right ahead. Uh, a truck farmer from Maine asks, how do you go about getting the money under the farm subsidy plan? Farmers, here's what you do. Go to your nearest crime place where you go over to the door which says, money for boss pets who have never been criminalized with a scale. Now, you must realize that the only way you do is to fill out a freighting part of your trade, and when the money comes to you, ask for Miss Corbett, who will give you a definite trade. And try and get it. Next question. Uh, Mr. Finster, an apple grower, an apple grower in Oregon writes, how can trees be protected against early frost? Why, it's as simple as A.B. Spillin. Only last week. Week, a farmer came into my office and said, Mr. Finster, I would like to plant some stide and sprinkle my crossbed. <laughs> he would like to plant some stide and sprinkle his crossbed. <laughs> Who wouldn't? <laughs> I explained to him to strut a lot of time, take a little bit of a trade, and the grass will seed without the thorn. And would you believe it? Today, that man is married to my sister. <laughs> Mr. Finster, have you a word in conclusion to the farmers? Yes. Farmers, your government is behind everything you have prayed for all the time of your call name. Don't wait until you are vandalated with a squib. Don't be a spellman. The seed of your grass has always been spoiled. But we know it's a phrase. Don't let them point at you and say, Look, there goes a flame of light of God. I say to you, like in the ways of Joe Camel Bates, who said, Quote, the grace of time will never part with faith because he is there for time. I'm sorry. Thank you very much. Farmers, farmers, just do as Mr. Finster says, and we can all look forward to a famine. Well, right now, Burl, let's look forward to a little rural music. An old-time barn dance. Rural music? And yes. A barn dance? Uh-huh. And you are Zeke Burl. You and your Hoboken hotshots are playing on a Saturday night. I see what you mean. Yahoo! Let her rip! Swing your partner's two-seed dough from an arc just like a schmoo. Yahoo! 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 Swing her right and swing her left and gee, is go... Wait a minute. Stop the dance. Stop the music! Gosh darn it, stop it. Uh, what's wrong, Zink? Uh, where are you going? Eh? I said, uh, where are you going? Give me your earphone. Oh. <laughs> I just remembered, I just remembered, Ezra, i got to put Johnny on the spot. Boys, vamp until I get back. Tell me, Johnny, by cracky, why is Philip Mars so gall darn better to smoke? Here's your answer, Zeke. Zeke? <laughs> it's because the Philip Mars smoker really gets... 
But other smokers only hope to get. Right, Johnny. Philip Morris is the one leading cigarette with an exclusive difference in manufacture. The only leading cigarette scientifically proved far less irritating to the nose and throat. Remember, less irritation means more enjoyment. That's why the Philip Morris smoker really gets what other smokers only hope to get. Better taste, finer flavor, perfect smoking pleasure. You you make a heap of sense there, stranger, but by cracky, doesn't uh, doesn't every smoker know that? Bye bye, cracky. Cracky, cracky, bye, bye, cracky. I'm gonna keep telling that till I get a laugh. Bye, cracky, cracky, bye. No, if every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. For perfect smoking pleasure, try a pack of Philip Morris today. Yes, sir, that was part of Turkey in the Straw. Sounded like the turkey played by Ray Block and the Philip Morris Orchestra. Ray, what you played of it was wonderful. You really have a great ear for music. I don't know what the other one's for. <laughs> I guess it's for Petrillo. And now... <laughs> that's a local joke. Local 802. As we continue... <laughs> made that up, too. <laughs> Throw it out, too. And now, as we continue... We continue our salute tonight to the farmer as we present... Farmers Forum tonight. Farmers Forum tonight. The question, can Maxie Rosenblum's ears solve the cauliflower shortage? Thank you, Mr. Gallup. And now questions from the floor. First, this gentleman in the third row carving his initials in the man in front of him. <laughs> you, young man, you have a question? Yes. Mr. Burrell, for years I've heard nothing but stories about a traveling salesman and a farmer's daughter. Yes? Just once I'd like to see a traveling saleswoman. Why? I'm a farmer's son. <laughs> Next, this young man in the wet bathing suit and goose pimples. A young man, uh, young man, what is your name? My name is Elsie. <laughs> Elsie? Elsie? Don't confuse me with Elsie the cow. Oh, no, I won't. I'm not a cow. No. Take a good look. <laughs> I know, but why... Why do you call yourself Elsie? Well, I took an animal's name rather than keep the name I had before. Let's see. What was your name before, huh? Milton. <laughs> All right, Elsie, you have a question concerning farmers. Why should I talk about the farmers? I've got nothing against them. Yeah, you ought to tonight... be proud of the American farmer instead of tearing them down. But that's not... What are you trying to start something against the farmers? No, I just... What's the matter? The farmers don't do enough for you, Yes, maybe. they do, but I... Who gets you the bread to stop your big fat bread basket? The American farmer! Wait a minute, I'm trying Who to... delivers the cheese every morning? The American farmer! I know what you're... When you're still sleeping, who's already hitching up his jackass? The American farmer! God, shut up, you big farmer! Let's not be carried away by this man. <laughs> now, young man, if, if you have a question, let's let's have it. Okay. Do you like me with my hair up? Now, please, please, that's enough. Let's hear from the ladies now. You, madam, in the aisle folding diapers. What, um, what is your name, sir? What Hello, Lafini, I'm a homemaker. <laughs> Young lady, you are a homemaker, and you have a question? Yeah. How can I stop my husband's latest hobby, raising chickens? He's sure smelling up the house. 
your husband raises chickens? Yesterday, he accidentally sat down on a nest full of eggs. <laughs> he sat down on a nest full of eggs. He broke them? He hatched them. No kidding. Ever since then, the rooster's been giving him the eye. Oh, I... Naturally. He got his own theories. You know what he feeds them chickens? What? Herring. He feeds the chickens herring? Why? He wants the eggs shouldn't need any salt. I understand. You should see the way he cleans the chicken. It's amazing. Well, what's amazing about cleaning a chicken? In the bathtub. Wait a minute. He gives a chicken in a bath in the tub? So it shouldn't be a total loss. He takes one at the same time. Mrs. Speedy, your husband gets in the bathtub with a chicken? He washes himself first. What, do you think he's a slob or something? Oh, well, well, that's different. This morning I seen one of them chickens out in the yard pulling on a worm. It was disgusting. Oh, what's disgusting about a chicken pulling a worm? My husband was pulling from the other end. Oh, thank you very much, Mrs. Feeney. Now, and now let us all pay a special tribute to the farm owners as we all join in and sing. I bought a farm, I shouldn't order, I shouldn't order, but still I bought it. I had a barn, a pump for water, it even included a farmer's daughter. Ha, 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 he, he, he. His little old farm is in the red. Ha, 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 ho, ho, ho. He needs a farm like a hole in the head. And here, here, ladies and gentlemen, here's our young singing star, Dick Farney, to sing. I wish I didn't love you so. My love for you should have faded long ago. must your kiss torture me as long as this. I might be smiling by now with some Thank you. 
Mind and an experience you had, which you will now tell us about. Yes, that's right. Do you, uh, do you mind? Not at all. Did you, did you rather I didn't? Oh, please do. It's awfully decent of you. Don't mention it. I won't. Think. Think. <laughs> that was fun. Let's try it again. <laughs> this time you take the hum. <laughs> But no kidding, Mr. Gallup. This experience that my family and I had all started one night last week. Junior, my wife, we were all in the living room, and I'll never forget... Milton, it's midnight. Come to bed. Uh, okay. Junior. Junior, put down that Esquire. <laughs> Time to go to bed. You're kidding. <laughs> I said, Junior, go to bed. Bed, bed, bed. All day I'm on that couch at the psychiatrist. All night I'm in bed. My back is nothing but calluses. Well, if you'd stop going around biting mailmen, we wouldn't have to send you to a psychiatrist. If I can't bite mailmen, what's there to live for? <laughs> you win, you win. Milton, it's late. Okay. Turn out the light. What is it? Somebody at this hour. Come in. Special delivery package from Milton Burrow. Sign here. There. Just put it down on the floor. Thank you. Okay. Boy, that's a big box. I wonder what's in it. Maybe Uncle Julius sent us another cheese. <laughs> no, Junior. Look at the air holes in the box. Maybe it's Uncle Julius. Quiet. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over. <laughs> Help! It's a wolf! Run for your life! Milton... <laughs> Down off that chair. It's just a chicken. Oh, a chicken? Yeah, Pop. You know those things you used to clean before you got in a radio? Why? <laughs> Here's a note on the box, Milden. Why, it's from Phil Baker. Phil Baker? Yes, he sent us the chicken. It's from his chicken ranch in San Fernando Valley, California. Darling, all the way from California. Say, what a break. We'll have free eggs every day. Why don't you put it on your program, Pop? Make it a contest. Which one of you can lay them faster? <laughs> Always with the risecracks. Regular Henny Youngman. <laughs> now, you be a good boy, Junior. Take the chicken out the backyard. Okay. Junior, not by the neck. Let go. Come on, let's go to bed. All right, come on. You know, I, I can't get over it. Just a simple little chicken and we get fresh eggs. Beat the high prices. Milton, it's three in the morning. Go to sleep. Yes, dear. But it's wonderful. You know, Bill Baker sent us chickens like that. A little chicken. Yeah. Tired. Sleep. What's that? Help! Run! It's another Pearl Harbor. <laughs> Just a chicken crowing. Crowing? It's, it's three o'clock in the morning. They're not supposed to crow until about seven. <laughs> oh, now I get it. The chicken's still on California time. Milton, we have to do something. Now, now, the chicken will gradually work its way back to the New York time. 
Good night, dear. What'd you say, dear? Oh, oh, it's the... Oh, good night, darling. Junior, are you sure you looked all over? Yes, Pop, not an egg. The chicken's just sitting there on the nest. She finally got on the nest. Good. Yeah, now, don't get excited. She's just trying it for size. Three days and not one egg. I wonder if it's because she's a rooster. No, it... Uh... Oh, come in. Milton Merle? Yes, I'm... Shut up! Yeah. I'm from the city license bureau. Where's your license to run a poultry market? Poultry market? No, it's just a little chicken. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> one chicken or a thousand. As long as it's got feathers, you gotta have a license. Fifteen bucks. Oh, okay. Here's the money. We'll save it on the eggs alone. Shut up! Yeah. <laughs> I'll be back Wednesday and I want to see tile floors put in. Clean roosting poles and wire over the windows. But look, I... Shut up! Yeah. Tile floors. Wait till I write that Phil Baker. Up here's the chicken. Shut up! <laughs> what did I get myself in? Milton Pearl? Shut up. Oh, who are you? Health department. We got a report on a chicken here. A chi- oh, no. Oh, no. Don't be silly. It's just a little chicken. Let me inspect that chicken. <laughs> What, what What is it? This house is quarantined. Quarantined? The chicken has the pip. The pip? The pip? The pip! <laughs> yes, the pip. Mr. Burl, let me see your tongue. My, my tongue? Yeah. She caught the pip from someone. What is it? I never had the pip in my life. Oh, look at the first chicken. She's a goner. Oh. Oh, I won't let it die. She's mine. Milton, what is it? Darling, a chicken has the pip. The pip? The pip. <laughs> yes, just, just look at it. <laughs> no, she's dead. A chicken is dead. No, no, no. Poor chicken. Oh, oh this is awful. Look, dear. Look, Junior is crying. Junior, you love the chicken, too. Who loved it? Then why are you crying? Because I know what part I'll get tonight for dinner. Oh, I see. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be back before Mr. Gallup can say... Philip Morris is the only leading cigarette scientifically proved far less irritating to the nose and throat. Remember, less irritation means more enjoyment. That's why the Philip Morris smoker really gets what other smokers only hope to get. Better taste, finer flavor, perfect smoking pleasure. Yes, it's true. If every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris. Made in America, by Americans, to suit American taste. Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. This is Milton Berle. We're a little early. Good night. This is Johnny again, reminding you for perfect smoking pleasure. Yes, if every smoker knew what Philip Morris smokers know, they'd all change to Philip Morris, America's finest cigarette. And now goodbye, Johnny. See you next Tuesday, same time, same station, when Philip Morris will again present the Milton Burl Show. McLean, um... I've been talking with our legal counsel while that show was playing, and uh, he has, uh, I think he has a way out of this. Oh, does he? Okay. Amaze me. Give it to me. 
Well, as it happens, the landlord cigarettes are what we believe to be the cause. Unless we can say that y'all are proof positive the ones who started the fire that lit the fireworks, y'all ain't to blame. Yeah, exactly. It's like uh, you leave a loaded gun lying around. You're not responsible for what happens when somebody walks along and pulls the trigger, right? Your finger squeezes it. It ain't your fault. Yeah, you can blame whatever caused the finger to squeeze the trigger, because the finger being on the trigger, well, I'm getting a little confused, actually. Um, Guys, I don't think this is the best angle to approach it from. I think we we might want to find something else here. I don't think that's, I don't think that's going to quite fly. All right, well, we we can discuss this further. All right, this next show is called Granby's Green Acres. Now, I don't know a lot about this show. Uh, In fact, uh, John Dunning's Encyclopedia of Old Time Radio. All it says is that the main characters were played by Gail Gordon B. Benadera. They were an ex-bank teller and wife who moved to the country to become farmers. Uh, they grew out of characters played by the two on My Favorite Husband, the Lucille Ball series, which later was like the inspiration for I Love Lucy. The names were changed, but the basic characters remained the same. Now, I haven't been able to confirm this, but it's my suspicion that Granby's Green Acres was kind of the precursor to the TV show Green Acres, just as uh, My Favorite Husband was the precursor to I Love Lucy. But anyway, this is Granby's Green Acres, the pilot episode. Granby's Green Acres. Starring Gail Gordon as John Granby. <coughs> B. Benaderet as his wife, Martha. <coughs> Shirley Mitchell as daughter, Janice. <coughs> and Polly Bayer as Eb, the hired hand. <coughs> see you for a minute. I was busy writing a story for next week's issue of the Doveville Clarion. I'm Dave Winslow, editor of the Clarion. Doveville is a nice little community. Got a healthy climate. It's two and a half inches above sea level. We got a church, a firehouse, a school, and a railroad station. Someday, we hope to get a railroad. Well, anyway, this story I'm writing is a human interest feature called Man with a Bee in His Bonnet. It's about a city fellow named John Granby. Martha? Yes, John? Worked in a bank in the city and had one of them real banking kind of minds. Martha, I've just been going over our household accounts. Uh, John, you've just finished eating dinner. Let it digest. Martha, do you realize that last month you spent $56 more than I made? Oh, I don't see how that could be, John. Every time I made out a check, I entered it in the checkbook. It came out exactly even. Even? (laughs) Well, yes. At the end of the month, there was one stub for every check. (laughs) What am I going to do with you? We plan a budget and you promise me faithfully that you'll stick to it. 
but you just ignore the budget and spend more and more money. Martha, how can you be such a, 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 a Democrat? <laughs> John, I do my best, but prices are so high. Martha, Martha, let's face it. The price of food wouldn't be any problem to us if we'd done what I wanted to do five years ago and bought a farm. Uh, Why, now we'd be getting all our food for nothing. John Granby, I can't understand you. You've got a good position, a home, a, a wife and a daughter, but you're always talking about throwing everything away to buy a farm. But, honey, that's all I've ever dreamed about. Oh, I'm not denying that now I've got security, but I want more than that. I want to prove that I can make something of myself with my own hands. That I can succeed starting with nothing. Just my brain. What? I'm... <laughs> I mean, I can start with my brain, which is nothing. That is... <laughs> my brain is something, but John, I thought I could no. start with... What are you trying to say? Well, that I want to have the feeling of accomplishing something. On a farm, I'd have that feeling. I'd, I'd take a seed, a tiny little seed. And I'd plant it in the ground. Then I'd cover it up with dirt. And then I'd water it. And pretty soon, what would I have? A dirty little wet seed. <laughs> Martha, Martha, don't you understand? A farm would give me independence. If I need an apple, I can pick it. Or if I want a potato, I can dig it. Or if I want an egg... You can lay it. I can lay it. <laughs> of course not. No. This is ridiculous. Simply ridiculous. What's ridiculous, Dad? Oh, Janice. Janice, I want to ask you a question. Okay, Dad. Remember, I want you to think very carefully before you give me an answer. Okay. What do you think of the idea of our moving to a farm? I think it's ridiculous, stupid, and impractical. Janice, when I want your opinion, I'll ask <laughs> But, Dad, you Now, 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 let's not have any arguing. Now, John, you read your paper, and Janice and I will do the dinner dishes. Oh, well, I did them already, Mom. Oh, well, thank you, dear. That's okay. Uh, say, Mom, what kind of meat was that we had? I never tasted anything like it. Oh, that wasn't meat. It wasn't? Tasted just like it. Uh-uh. It was a rutabaga burger. <laughs> a rutabaga burger? burger? Uh-huh. I found the recipe in the ladies' home journal. Oh, sounds more like something you'd find in Popular Mechanics. <laughs> well, dear, I told you prices today are just impossible. Oh, they sure are. How much did you say steak was the last time you bought it? A dollar and 27 cents a pound. A dollar twenty-seven cents a pound? Why, I wouldn't pay that for meat if they sliced it off Betty Grable. <laughs> well, prices like that are just ridiculous. Well, if you think that's ridiculous, butter is 93 cents a pound. Sometimes it's been a dollar. Oh, I can't believe it. After all, what is butter? Just milk that's been pushed too far? <laughs> you know, Mom, maybe Dad is right. Maybe you ought to let him buy a farm. Now, Janice, 
Your father and I have already settled that. <laughs> I was just kidding. Well, it's nothing to kid about. I think it's a wonderful no, idea. No, John. But, Martha, if you'd only John, let me... John, I refuse I'm... to argue the point anymore. If you feel that you've got to plant something, buy yourself a... a, a flower pot. <laughs> a power flood? <laughs> a power pot? I, I, I'm talking about something bigger. Then buy a window box. A window box? Well, what's so funny? I thought you were going to say window wax. Why should I say window wax? Well, you said power flot. Oh, well, that was a mistake. Now, where was I? Where were we? Uh, talking about a window box. Oh, yes, yes. Well, maybe I will buy a window wax. <laughs> oh, well, all right, all right. I'll show you that even when it comes to small-scale cultivation, you can save money. Now, that ought to convince you. John, you've been talking this way for years. What is it that makes you so anxious to be a farmer? Oh, I don't know. I guess that it's just like they say. When you've got to grow, you've got to grow. <laughs> Well, by now I guess you know why I call this here story in the clarion Man with a Bee in His Bonnet. Mr. Granby is the bee, and the bee he's got is the farming bee. The only trouble was that every time he tried to stick his head out of the hive, Mrs. Granby sprayed him with DDT. <laughs> of course, uh, that didn't kill the bee. It uh, just took a little of the buzz out of his stinger. <laughs> a window box ain't a farm, but... Then half a loaf is better than none. Good day, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, do you carry window boxes? Well, certainly. If they're not too heavy. <laughs> I beg your pardon? It was a little joke. Yes, sir, we have about as fine an assortment of window boxes as you'll find in any garden supply store in the city. Good, good, I'll take one. All right. Now, will there be anything else? Uh, yes, I'd like some dirt for it. Dirt? Oh. Well, I guess we can dig some up for you. <laughs> uh, what kind do you have? Well, it's... it's, uh... uh brown. <laughs> and it's got, uh... Well, when you... when you shovel it up, it are, uh... Uh... brown. And... And, well, it looks like, uh... It's dirt! <laughs> oh, but uh, there are all different kinds. You see, I'm interested in farming, and I've done a great deal of reading about soil. How fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the pH of the soil has a great deal to do with how well a plant will grow. Really? <laughs> pH is a chemical term which indicates whether the soil is too acid or too alkaline. Uh, well, I don't know what ours is, but I'll be glad to let you taste such. <laughs> That, uh, that won't be necessary. 
I'll test it when I get it home, and then if it's too acid, I can always alkalize it. What do you do, give each plant an Alka-Seltzer? <laughs> no. No, you don't do anything like that. Well, I should hope not. That fizzing might drive a geranium out of its mind. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not going to plant flowers, you see, only vegetables. Uh, which reminds me, I'd better buy some seeds. Certainly. What kind do you want? Uh, I told you, vegetable. I know, but what kind of vegetables? Oh, well, I don't know. I haven't got too much room. Say, how about picking out one seed of each? <laughs> one seed of each? Yes, yes. Uh, what would you suggest? You wouldn't do it anyway. <laughs> Wait here, I'll go back and pick them up. Well, sir, Mr. Granby took his window box home and went to work planting his midget garden. About two months later... Say, Mom, it's getting late. Aren't you going to cook dinner tonight? No, dear, your father's cooking it. Dad? Oh, I hope we survive. No! <laughs> I hope he survives. That's about the fifth time he's burned himself. What's the occasion? It's harvest time. <laughs> Your father picked all the vegetables in his window box today, and he insisted on cooking them himself. Oh, no! Come and get it! Uh, we're coming, dear. Come along, Janice. All right. Well, it's all finished. Now, sit down, sit down, sit down. Yeah. Thank you, dear. Uh, would you like me to serve? Uh, no, no, I'll do it in a moment. But first, I want to point something out. These two casseroles contain the results of my first vegetable crop. The total cost was approximately four cents a pound, which is ten cents cheaper than they can be bought in any market. I hope I've proved my point. Well, you certainly have, dear. Good for you, Dad. Thank you. Thank you. Now, Martha, if you'll pass your plates, I'll begin serving. Oh, here they are, John. Uh, there's Janice's. Thank you. Uh, yours, dear. Thank you. Now, mine. There. I hope you two feel as good about this as I do, because it kind of makes us all members of the farming fraternity. This is the kind of meal that millions of farm families sit down to every night. I can't believe it. You, you can't believe what? That so many people can live on two peas and a string bean. <laughs> With the harvest over, Mr. Granby settled down to the normal routine of his business at the bank. Hello, dear. Oh, John, where have you been all day? I called the bank and they said you were out. Well, I told you last night I had to go up to Doveville on business. Saw Mr. Parker about making a collection on his note. I went out to his farm. Oh, did everything work out for you? Oh, of course, of course. Although that Parker was a pretty shrewd article. When I got to his place and told him I was from the bank, he wouldn't let me in. Turned his police dog loose on me. <laughs> oh, my. But I wasn't going to let any mutt frighten me off. I looked him right in the eye and walked past him. I showed him who was the master. Yes. Well, dear, sit down. You must be tired. 
Uh, no, it hurts less if I stand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I finally got Parker to let me in the house. I didn't waste any time. Parker, I said to him, you owe the City National Bank some money, and unless you pay, we're going to take over your farm. He finally saw the light. And he paid you the money. No, I bought the farm. <laughs> You are listening to Granby's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon. Now, here is part two. Well, Mr. Granby finally did it. He quit his job at the bank and bought a farm near our town of Doveville. That was about one of the biggest news stories I printed in the Clarion in a long while. About a month later, he and his family set out for the new house. Ah, oh, what a day. What a day. Well, Martha, we'll soon be there. Stop that crying. You've been doing it ever since we left. Oh, now, Dad, don't nag, Mom. She feels terrible. After all, she's just left a home she's lived in for 20 years. She's left her friends, everything. Well, so have I, and I'm not crying. I'm happy. See, Martha, I'm laughing. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Goodness sake. Oh, Dad, how could you do a thing like this? How could I do a thing like this? You and your mother talked me into it. Prices are too high, you said. On a farm, we'd get free butter and vegetables, you said. <laughs> Dad, we didn't mean you had to run right out and buy a farm. Why, you never even let Mother or me see it. Well, I wanted it to be a surprise. Oh, some surprise. How do we know what kind of a place you bought? Why, why, it might even be like this one we're coming through down the road. Look at that old broken-down house. It's overrun with weeds. The barn is sagging. It needs paint. And look at that... Oh. Oh. Dad? Why are you stopping here? Is there something wrong with the car? No, Janice. Dad, you mean... Welcome home! <laughs> now, just let me unlock the front door. Have a minute here, then. There. Well, Martha, shall I carry you over the threshold? Oh. <laughs> uh, that's funny. She did the same thing on our honeymoon. <laughs> look, look, Martha. Cheer up. It's going to be all right. 
Now, come on, let's have a smile. That's it. Now, let me get my handkerchief and wipe away those tears. There we are. Now, blow. <laughs> Martha! Oh, 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 that was just the bus going down the road. <laughs> Giving up your job, putting most of our savings into this place. But I guess it'll work out. Why, of course it will. Now, come on, let me show you around. Uh, now, I go through here. Now, 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 this is the kitchen. Oh, my, it's large. Sure, sure. So wait till our furniture gets here. Won't it look swell with the refrigerator over there, the electric stove over there, the dishwasher there. Uh, and we'll Dad, hmm? do yeah? you mind if I ask you a question? Why, of course not. Go right ahead. Where are the electrical outlets? The electrical outlets? Why, they're, um... Uh, well, they should be... Uh, well, they're usually, uh... uh <laughs> <laughs> John, there aren't any outlets. And I don't see any lights, either. No electricity? We're preposterous. How did Mr. Parker shave? <laughs> uh, Dad, this may come as a surprise to you, but there are a lot of homes in this country that don't have electricity. Well, what about Hoover Dam? And vice versa. <laughs> There doesn't seem to be any gas, either. How am I going to do the cooking? Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll see. Oh, so there are no electrical outlets, eh? What's this hole down here near the baseboard? Just let me put my hand in there and we... Dad! Dad, what happened? Did you get a shock? No, no, a mouse bit me. <laughs> a mouse? Oh! Oh, Dad! Mother fainted! Get some water! Okay, okay. Pump outside. I'll get some. I'll get some. Oh, water, water, water. Oh, here's the pump. Here's the pump. What's the matter with this darn thing? Hello? Hello? Need some help? No. Appears to me like you do. Will you please leave me alone? My wife has fainted. I need some water. You ain't going to get any from that pump. Why not? She needs priming. Well, what do I prime it with? Water. <laughs> How can I prime it with water if I haven't got any water? Get some. <laughs> Where? There's a pump three miles down the road. <laughs> oh, well, I'll get in my car and drive right down there. It ain't worth it. Why not? That pump needs priming, too. <laughs> Well, where can I get the water to prime that pump to get the water to prime this pump? Six mile down the road. Are you sure that pump doesn't need priming, too? Yeah. What makes you so positive? It's a well. Look, look, this is an emergency. I've got to get some water for my... I'll life. get it for you. Yeah, oh, oh, 
Oh, well, that's very neighborly of you, Mr. Name's Eb. Eb, yeah. Used to work on this place for old man Parker. You need a hard hand? Uh, no, I don't, no. Okay, I'll get the water anyway. Well, thanks. I'll, I'll appreciate... Dad, huh? Dad, Mother's come to. Oh, thank goodness. I'd better go in and see her. Well, I don't think I would just now. Give her a little while to cool off. But, Janet... Now, look, I... if you want to do something, why don't you see if you can find us some sort of a stove to cook on? All right. All right, dear, yes. Stove. Stove. Now, where can I get a stove? Here's your water. Oh, oh thanks very much. I, I... Wait a second. I thought you said the well was six miles down the road. It is. Then how did you get the water so quickly? I had it in my car. In your car? Why didn't you say so? You didn't ask me. Oh! Well, I guess I'll be going. You sure you don't need no hard man? I'm positive. I'm perfectly... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Didn't you say you used to work for old man Parker? Yeah. Say, what did he use to cook with? A stove. <laughs> I assume that, but what kind? Wood burner. Well, do you know where I could get one? I think Parker left his old one down behind the barn. He did? Great, great. Say, would you give me a hand getting it into the house? You still don't want to hire me? No. For a man who ain't hired, I sure am doing a lot of work. <laughs> And so Mr. Granby settled down into the routine of farm life. And one morning, weeks later... John. John, wake up. What? What's the matter? The rooster is crowing. Well, turn it off. John, will you please get up? It's 4.30. 4.30? What's the matter with you, Martha? I don't have to get to the bank till 9. You don't work in a bank anymore. You own a farm, remember? Now get up. All right, all right, all right. Oh, I could have slept if it hadn't been for that darn rooster. Shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I never seemed to... John, what's the matter? My pants are cold. (laughs) Will you please get a move on? Eb is waiting for you to help him with the milking. Oh, that Eb is some hired man. I hired him to help me, and I end up helping him. John, will you please hurry? I am, I am. Let me wash up. Well, there's water in the pitcher. Just pour it into the bowl. Okay. What's the matter? Can't you find the washcloth? I've got the washcloth, but where's the ice pick? John, will you... I'm going, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. Uh... Morning, Mr. Granby. Good morning. Sleep well? What I did of it, yes. (laughs) Come on, Eb, let's get going. Rag mop. Eb, <laughs> hey, do you 
have to be so cheerful. Well, I feel good. It's going to be a beautiful day. How can you tell? The moon is still out. <laughs> oh, here's the barn. Your boss is waiting for us. You want to try milking her this morning, Mr. Granby? Oh, of course. Of course. How am I going to learn if I don't try? Let me see. Put my hands here. <laughs> A little further forward. She's empty. <laughs> no, she ain't empty. You ain't doing it right. Here, let me show you. So, 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 bossy, so. All right, now watch me. When you pull down, you move your fingers like this. <laughs> See? Show off. <laughs> now you try. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think she likes me. Of course she does. Now just keep at it. All right, all right. <laughs> gently, gently. You ain't pulling taffy. <laughs> Being as gentle as I can. Try her again. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'm getting the hang of it. You get it, Em? I'm milking the cow and I said I'm getting the hang of it? <laughs> Just keep milking. Four gallons again today. Oh, that's fine, dear. Yeah. Uh, put it down over there, Dad. Yeah. yeah, this is what you wanted, Martha. Milk to make your own butter. Free. Say, I'm, I'm hungry. Is there anything in the icebox? Yes, 200 pounds of butter. <laughs> what? Dad, can't you sell this milk somewhere? Well, I've tried to, but the dairy won't buy milk from you unless you have a special kind of cow barn. And that costs $8,000. Oh, dear. Uh, Dad, Mother and I have been talking, and we think you should put this place up for sale. 
You're not serious. Well, Dad, you're just not cut out to be a farmer. But I haven't had a real chance to try it. I, I haven't even planted a crop yet. Dad, look, I've been talking to Eb. He says the land on this farm has been overworked. The soil needs care. It'll take too much time and money. Oh, what does Eb know about farming? <laughs> well, he's lived on one all his life. <laughs> yeah? Well, I've got booklets from the Department of Agriculture. <laughs> now, now, look, look. I'll make you a sporting proposition. You say nothing can grow on this farm. Well, I'll bet you that I can plant a crop and harvest it. If that fails, I'm willing to admit that I was wrong and sell it. Oh, Dad, you're just... Now, a... now wait, wait a moment, Janice. I'll take that bet, John. But, Mother... Janice, it's what your father wants. But, Mom, you... Janice, I'm surprised at you. Has your father ever let us down? Well, no, of but... he hasn't. And I don't think he will now. All his life, he's had his heart set on owning a farm. If the worst comes to the worst, we can always go back to the city and get a job. But first, I think we should give him a few months to make good. So Mr. Granby went to work to prove to his wife and daughter that he could make a go of the farm. Morning, noon, and night, he worked in the fields, hoeing, milking, shoveling, pumping, raking, and inside of a month, single-handed, he got the following result. It's a badly sprained back, Mrs. Granby. You'll have to stay in bed for six weeks. <laughs> flat on his back for almost two months. Eb tended to things for him, and then came the day he could get up and look at his crop. Martha, will you please get me my shoes? I left them downstairs. All right, dear. Oh, boy, this is the day. Just wait till you see that field I planted. I'll show you if I'm a farmer or not. Yes, dear. Well, get my shoes! All right! How's Dad? He's yelling again, so he must be better. He wants to go down and see the field he planted. Mom, does he know? No. I couldn't bear to tell him while he was in bed suffering that way. Nothing grew. Not even a weed. <laughs> Eb said he did his best, but... Oh, Janice, I, I just don't know what this disappointment will do to your father. Well, Mom, if something did grow in that field, you know what it would mean. We'd be stuck here on this farm. Well, yes, but I wouldn't mind, just as long as your father was happy. Somehow I've got a lot of confidence in him. I think he can make a go of this farm. Mom, listen. Can you stall him for a half hour? Well, I think so, dear, but why? I've got to get to that vegetable store in town. Stall him as long as you can. Martha, Martha, can't you walk any faster? Oh, yes, dear, but I'm worried about your bag. Well, never mind my bag. If I didn't know you better, I'd think you were trying to stall. 
Why, John, why should I do that? Well, I don't know. Where's Janice? Uh, well, I think she went down to the field to meet us. She... Oh, yes, there she is. Janice! Hello. Uh, Dad, I came down Janice, here to... Janice, Janice, will you get out of my way? I can't... Martha, look! There are things growing. Growing things. They're growing, growing. Growing things. They are. They're growing. <laughs> yes, dear. And you two said that this land wasn't any good. But I told you I'd make things grow. I told you. Oh, you sure did, Yes, yeah, just look at that field. Little green things sticking their heads above the ground. I, I, I've got to pick one. Oh, John, be careful of your back. Look. Look, Martha, a carrot. It's amazing. Simply amazing. But why is it amazing? You planted a seed, covered it with dirt, watered it, and pretty soon, what do you get? A carrot. Well, that's what's so amazing about it. This is where I planted have just heard the first episode of Granby's Green Acres, starring Gail Gordon. Granby's Green Acres was written and directed by Jay Summers. Music was composed and conducted by Opie Cakes. This is Bob Lamont speaking. This is CBS for Columbia Broadcasting All right, welcome back. That was Granby's Green Acres and uh, Slick Willie. I have a question for you. So, I was out in the parking lot uh, to get something for my car, and I looked over at your car, and uh, I noticed you didn't have uh, you didn't have license plates on your car. Absolutely which, not. I mean, you had a uh, little cardboard sign in the back window. Well, the cardboard sign you... is, is in addition to the other uh, uh, postmarked uh, tabulations that I place across the rearview window. You don't want your rear window visible at all. And in fact, you'll also notice I rip off the side windows as well. Uh, by looking behind you, you acknowledge that the state exists, which you must not do. By recognizing the existence of the state, you make yourself subject to its illegal powers. Now, what you really need to keep in mind is that America never really left the nation of Belgium and is, in fact, still a protector really? of Belgium. Really? And when Willie, you get into Willie, ocean Willie, law... Willie, you, yes, oh, sorry. sorry. Willie. Yes. Um, when, I when I initially uh, contacted you about representing us legally speaking... Um, Yes. I mean, let's just say you're saying a lot of you're saying a lot of words right now, and a lot not 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 none of those words are really um, inspiring confidence in me that. Well, kind of, no, it, this, see, this is natural kind of law, case. and when you're brought before the the citizens' court of free men of the land, that's when you know these words are going to come into handy. You see, this principality here that we're governed in, uh, you got to consider that if you put on a license plate, you're making yourself open to what they call police. Now, they're not really police. I'll real tell you great this. lawyer you hide here, Jake. One question, William. <laughs> One question. Where'd you go to school? I'm sorry, school, sir? Wait, like law school. Where'd you, the, where'd you graduate? The public institutions of indoctrination that poison this land with lies about the origin of this country? Mm-mm. No, sir. I was homeschooled, my friend. Proudly so. 
Oh, your, your parents taught you about law? Well, it was really somebody else's home, looking through the window, watching the TV. But it was a sort of homeschool. I learned plenty. All right, I would love to hear more about your history, but we got to get on the next show. I would not, actually. Um... <laughs> I'm actually quite curious now as to as to where where uh, this this wealth of knowledge came from. Anyway, uh, we have an episode of Lux Radio Theater in which they dramatize the Fred McMurray movie The Egg and I, which is notable as being the first appearance of the characters of Ma and Pa Kettle. I really like this movie, one of my favorite movies. Uh, but this is the Lux Radio Theater adaptation. Lux presents Hollywood. Lieber Brothers Company, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, bring you the Lux Radio Theater, starring Claudette Colbert and Fred McMurray in The Egg and I. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. How would you like to run a chicken farm, hmm? Get away from it all. Enjoy the peace and quiet of the country. Relax and uh, let the chickens do all the work. Ah, blissful meditative life. You don't believe it? Well, now, let's have a look at a charming young couple who tried it. And as a result, hatched a best-selling novel called The Egg and I from which came Universal International's screen hit of the same name, starring Claudette Colbert and Fred McMurray. We're lucky to have Claudette and Fred here tonight to repeat their hit performances. If you read the book, you'll doubtless recall that Betty McDonald, whom Claudette portrays, did most of her shopping from itinerant salesmen who peddled everything from kitchen ranges to toilet soap. And while she doesn't mention Lux by name, we happen to know from the hundreds of letters we receive that Lux soap is as popular on ranches and farms as it is right here in Hollywood. Complexions exposed daily to rough treatment from the wind and sun appreciate especially the kindly care they get from Lux soap. Here's the first act of The Egg and I, starring Claudette Colbert as Betty and Fred McMurray as Bob. A few months after the war was over, a young man named Bob came home to Seattle, married a girl named Betty, and swept her off on a honeymoon. Now on their first night as man and wife... Betty. Yes, darling? Betty, did you ever think how we're going to spend the rest of our lives? Whatever my husband chooses to do, it's all right with me. Well, the question is, are we going to trod the old paths or break new roads into the wilderness? I don't know. Which? You know, honey... When you're lying in a foxhole, you've got plenty of time to think things out. You know what I said to myself? I said, just exactly what have Saddlefinch, Tanner, Pease, and Stuck to do with all this? You know, the people I work for. And you know what the answer was? Uh-uh. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that's why I'm not going back to Saddlefinch, Tanner, Pease, and Stuck. You aren't? I am not. Betty, do you know what a fellow thinks about when he's lying out there in the mud with the shells bursting all around him? I'd be thinking about you. He thinks about the things that really count, like love and food and babies and... Things growing up out of the ground. He, he thinks about cows and horses. And... Do you know what I th- dreamt about most, Betty? Tell me, darling. Chickens. Chickens? 
Just you and me and thousands and thousands of chickens, every one of them laying eggs all day long. Well, what on earth would we do with that many eggs? Well, we'd sell them, of course. Darling, I've bought a chicken farm. It's way up in the mountains, miles from everywhere. Forty beautiful, fertile acres. Oh, well, that sounds fine. We'll go there every weekend, hmm? Weekend? Honey, we're going to live there all the time. We're going to raise chickens. We are? You bet we are. Oh. And I bought a truck, honey. We can take all our things and still have plenty of room for the cow. A cow? Sure, and a goat, too, and maybe a couple of sheep. We'll leave for the mountains day after tomorrow. Oh, Betty, I just knew you'd be crazy about the idea. Yes, crazy. How's the livestock doing in the back there, honey? Oh, they're doing fine. They love it. <laughs> Good. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Of course, our profit will vary, Betty. The percentage of cockerels is a vital factor in determining the cost of each pullet. So you've got to keep watching those for those little combs to break out of the shell. Oh, we'll watch all right, won't we? I'll say we will. Then you separate them, fatten them up, dress them, and off the market they go. Say, what do you think of this scenery, Betty? Just look over there. Just look. And... Oh, Bob, my hmm? hat! It flew into the back of the trunk. Oh, it's my new hat! Oh, well, we'll get it later. Well, the goat's eating it! <laughs> Don't worry, honey. It won't hurt him. Hey, Betty. Hey, Betty, wake up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what's happened? What's the matter? Uh, get ready, honey. Are we there? Almost. Now, close your eyes. I want to surprise you. My eyes were closed. Well, close them again. Uh, here we are, honey. This is it. Open your eyes. Oh. Well, what's the matter? Oh, oh darling, for a minute, I thought that was the house. That, that shambles there. But uh, that is the house. Oh, oh, well, I, I guess it just needs a new coat of paint. Yeah. Well, come on, get out of the truck. You know, the agent told me there isn't another house like this in the whole county. Yeah, I can see what he meant. Well, up on the porch now. Isn't it wonderful, Betty? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is what I dreamed of, carrying you up over the, carrying you over the threshold. <laughs> up you go. Oh, Bob. Yeah, now I'll open the front door. It's a good, tight-fitting door, isn't it? Uh, uh. Maybe it's locked, darling. Locked? Who bothers with locks in God's country? Uh, darling, you, you'd better put me down. Yeah, I guess I better. I'll uh, have to force it a little, I guess. Uh, stand back, honey. Now, be careful. Yeah, I'll just uh, get a little running start. And... Oh! Oh, Bob! Darling, are, are you all right? Oh, oh, sure, I'm all right. Well... <laughs> well, Betty, what do you think of it? Hasn't it got a lot of character... Now, now, this stairway goes up to the attic. And that's the bedroom over there. And this is the living room. Nice-sized room, huh? Yeah. <gasps> oh, oh, look up there. Are those bats? Oh, what's a few bats? Hiya, fellas. <laughs> Just look at these floors, Betty. You won't have to do a thing to them. Just scrub and polish them. And here's the dining room in here. Boy, they just don't build houses like this nowadays. No, they've got building inspectors nowadays. <laughs> What'd you say, dear? Oh, I hey, said... Betty, just look at this table. Solid oak. Strong as Gibraltar. Isn't there any kitchen? Kitchen? <laughs> well, you just come out here and see. Uh, here we are. Isn't this something? A real old-fashioned kitchen. None of that streamlined nonsense, no, sir. <laughs> this is the kind of a place where you can really get down to living. No running water, no frigid air, just plenty of elbow room. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Oh, that was the dining room table. Oh. Gibraltar just collapsed. Oh, I'll fix it in no time. Now, oh, Betty, look out the window here. That's the chicken house over there on the right. Mm -hmm. And isn't that some pink pen over there? Yeah. Kind of close to the house, maybe, but 
I can move it easily. Yeah. Compact little layout, huh? Of course, it needs a little sprucing up, some paint and a few patches. <laughs> well, come on, I'll show you the rest of the house. You mean there's more? Oh, it keeps getting better and better. Now, those steps there go down into the cellar. Oh, I guess the steps must have fallen down. Well, I'll build some new ones and... What's down there? Nothing but shelves, Betty. For those hundreds and hundreds of jars of preserves you're going to put up. Now, over here. Here's something you're going to treasure the rest of your life. What, what is it? Why, honey, that's the stove. It's got eyes. Oh, those are just ornaments. <laughs> kind of look like eyes, though, don't they? You mean that's a stove? I knew you'd never seen one like it before, Betty. Just look at her. She's aching for a big side of beef or a pot full of soup and a couple of dozen loaves of bread. <clears throat> Fresh bread. I can smell it already. Betty, you're going to have a wonderful time with that stove. Well, come on, you can get to the bedroom right through here. I don't think that stove likes me. Betty? Coming. <laughs> oh, Bob, the stove just threw something at me. Where are you? Uh, on the floor here, just popping up this bedpost. Kind of gave way a little. There we are. Now, just try this bed, Betty. Just try it. Hmm? Well, sit on it. Oh, yes, dear. Isn't this a wonderful old piece? It's kind of noisy, don't you think? <laughs> Move over, honey. Well, do I deserve a kiss for snapping this place up or don't I? Oh, of course, darling. <laughs> Isn't this a life, Betty? I guess so, once you get used to it. <laughs> I knew you'd be surprised. Yeah. Oh, say something just hit me on the nose. Huh? Well, what do you know? It's raining. What do you know? Right through the roof. We'd better stay in the bedroom, darling. It's hardly leaky at all in here. Oh, night. Oh, I'm freezing. Well, you better put this other blanket around you. You catching cold? Uh, you must have been sitting in a draft somewhere. Yes. Uh, I must have, yeah. Well, you just climb into that wonderful old bed and relax. Maybe I'd better. <sighs> just smell that wonderful fresh air. Mm. Well, the first night in our own home. <laughs> just think. <laughs> Betty, this is where we'll probably spend the rest of our lives. Doesn't it give you a wonderful feeling of security? Mm-hmm. Now, now here's a calendar. Everything's got to be scheduled. By next June, we should have at least a half dozen suckling pigs. We'll have a calf in uh, July. And then along about August, we can begin to figure out more important offspring. Oh, darling. Five or six hundred of them. Five or six hundred what? Why, chicks, of course. Oh, well, I'd like to raise something besides chickens, you know. Oh. oh, we'll have plenty of those, too, honey. At least four. Or maybe even five. Three boys and two girls, huh? <laughs> All at once? Oh, no. <laughs> one at a time. Let's schedule the first one for, uh, well, let's say a year from the day. How's that? Mm -hmm. May the 11th. <laughs> well, that sounds like a good day for it. Look, it's Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> Betty? Hey, Betty, come on, wake up. Uh, hey, you gonna lie there in bed forever? Come on, get out of there. Yes, darling. Pull up the shades, will you? Huh? What shades? But, oh, it's still night out. Night? What do you mean night? It's 4.30. Half the morning's gone. <laughs> I just let you loll in bed because it's your first day, but from now on, you'll have to be up at 4 o'clock every morning sharp. Oh. Now, come on, roll out, honey. I've got breakfast all ready. Up here in the roof. I fixed the front door and the table. Now I've got the roof half. Oh, oh Bob, 
Bob, your foot! Where's your foot? Oh, there it is. Where? It's just above me through the porch. Defective shingle, I guess. Don't worry, I'll have it fixed. What are you doing, darling? I'm uh, cutting down a tree. Well, whatever for? It's a lovely tree. Well, it's too close to the chicken house. Oh, don't you think it's kind of awful to cut down a tree? Now, look, Betty. We're not running a park here, you know. Now, stand back so the chips don't fly on your face. Say, isn't it going to crash down on the chicken house? No, it's not going to crash down on the chicken house. Well, it looks like it to me. Look, darling, you take care of the, chick- the kitchen and I'll take care of the tree. What do you say? All right, but, well, I just thought that's all. Honey... It so happens that I spent a whole summer in a logging camp once. I've watched experts fell tree after tree. Well, just the same. Look, dear, this isn't guesswork. It's a matter of science. It's a question of leverages, weights, and balance, which I have worked out to the nth degree. Now, the tree isn't going to fall on the chicken house. It's going to fall right over there. If you don't believe me, just watch and see. Okay. Here it comes, Bob. Stand back, honey. What do you mean? It's... No! No! Oh, no! It's not supposed to... Very funny. Howdy, Mrs. Oh, good morning. Just dropped in to say howdy. Howdy? They're doing some gardening, I see. Uh, yes. What's planting? Oh, some lettuce here and carrots over there and corn there, right under the wheels of your wagon. Oh, run over the fur, did I? Yes, you did. I'm your neighbor. Kettle's name. Folks call me Pa. Oh, you must be Tom's father. Yes, guess I am. Oh, Tom's a wonderful help to us here. I'm, I'm glad we were able to hire him. I'm glad to know you, Pa. Hello. Bob, meet Pa Kettle. Just dropped in to say howdy. Well, uh... Howdy. Howdy. Long as we're neighbors, eh, you can count on us for anything you might be needing. Just stop in and ask for it, you know. Well, thanks, Mr. Kettle. Uh, what's that there on your truck? Timber, eh? Building something? Yeah, we're putting up a new chicken coop. <laughs> what happened to the old one? Well, uh... It was destroyed by a system of leverages, weights, and balances. Huh? Worked out to the nth degree. Oh, I wouldn't mind having a few of them two before us. Well, uh, just help yourself. I won't be needing more than two or so. Uh, give me a hold here, will you? Oh, uh, I'll get them for you. The two, you said? Uh, better throw in a couple more, just in case, you know. I'm afraid I'll be needing a couple pounds of nails. I ain't got none to fit two by four. Well, I, uh, I guess I could let you have a couple of pounds. And let's see. Um, hammer and saw. Kids been using my saw. Plum ruined the edge. Well, uh, come around to the bar and I'll see what I can lend you. You sure you won't be needing any paint? Come to think of it, you got any red you can spare? No, no. We've only got green. Well, green will do. Ain't particular. <laughs> you say the bar neighbor, I'll drive the wagon right back there. Say, Betty, I've just been looking at the egg charts. Have you been collecting the eggs regularly? No, the, the hens won't let me. What do you mean they won't let you? No, they won't. Oh, Bob, couldn't I do something else instead? That's silly, Betty. There's nothing difficult about it. Come on in the hen house. I'll show you. Now, all you do is put your hand in the nest and take out the eggs like this. Oh, well, they don't act like that when I do it. Now, you watch. (laughs) No! 
There, now you see, they, they even bite me. Well, that's funny. You must have the wrong attitude. Chickens sense things in people, you know. Well, frankly, I think they're stuck on you and resent me. Well, maybe I'd better collect the eggs. Have you fed the pig yet? No, I was going to, Well, but... Cleopatra will never get fat if you don't feed her, you know. Oh, she's as fat as a pig right now. All right, lover, you stay with your girlfriends, and I'll see Cleopatra. Okay, Cleopatra, now come and get it. Well, get out of the mud and come over here. It's food, dopey. Now you come right back here. Cleopatra, you either get back in that pen or I'll do something you'll be very sorry for. Get out of that puddle. Isn't the mud in your pen good enough? All right, I'll drag you out by the ears. Cleopatra! No! No! Oh, now look at me. You come right back here. You come back here. Having any difficulties? Huh? Oh, no. No, I just take my mud packs the hard way. Maybe I can help. Here, pig, 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 pig. Here, piggy, 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 piggy. Here, pig, 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 pig. There you are. She's back in the pen. Well, you certainly have a way with pigs. Oh, hello. I'm Harriet Putnam, Bella Vista Ranch. Oh, you have that fancy place down the road, huh? That's right. Oh, uh, this is my wife, Betty. Pardon me if I don't rise. <laughs> You're going to have a lovely place here once you get it fixed up. It has loads of possibilities. Mind if I look around? Oh, not at all. Uh, come on. It's going to be so nice having real people around for a change. Oh, uh, Betty, you better get cleaned up. That uh, isn't exactly perfume you're covered with. What? Oh, hoeing fields, chasing cows, milking goats, tending pigs, and, and now a glamour puss. Oh, I'm so mad. And I thought eggs were something you bought in a grocery store. In a moment, we'll return with Act Two of The Egg and I, starring Claudette Colbert and Fred McMurray. Meanwhile, here's Libby Collins, our Hollywood's news gatherer. What are you reporting on tonight, Libby? Oh, a fascinating press party I attended recently, Mr. Keeling. <clears throat> David Niven was host at a luncheon at which Barbara Stanwyck and Robert Taylor, her husband, were guests of honor. To celebrate the Robert Taylor's return from England, I presume. That's right. And David Niven, of course, was Barbara's leading man in her latest picture for Enterprise. The other love. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting role Barbara has, that of a famous piano virtuoso. And she plays it beautifully. Mm -hmm. And then there was Richard Conte. Oh, the other member of the triangle in the picture. Yes. Oh, we all had a wonderful time. And after the party, I drove back to the studio with Barbara, and she told me more about her trip. Conditions are still pretty difficult over there. Oh, Barbara said luxuries scarcely exist, and even necessities are hard to come by. And here's something she told me that will interest our friend, Mr. Kennedy. Well, Libby, could it be an item about that combination luxury and necessity Lux toilet soap? <laughs> of course, Mr. Kennedy. And since Barbara didn't want to miss out on her beauty facials while she was abroad for the premiere of The Other Love, she wisely took some Lux toilet soap with her. That was smart, Libby, because Lux toilet soap is scarce over there right now. So scarce that generous Barbara left several cakes behind her. She was down to her last sliver of Lux soap when she got back, she said. Wouldn't that be a predicament for a lovely screen star to be without her favorite beauty soap? Oh, I should say so. Because Barbara says her daily Lux soap care really does things for the skin. Those beauty facials, she told me, give her skin quick new loveliness, leave it softer, smoother. She uses Lux toilet soap as a bath soap, too. 
She likes the nice, delicate perfume it leaves on her skin. Nine out of ten famous screen stars say that Lux Toilet Soap is a care they wouldn't be without. It's such a gentle soap, it can help women everywhere to have the fresh, smooth skin that's so appealing. Here's Mr. Keeley at the microphone. Our stars, Claudette Colbert and Fred McMurray, bring you Act Two of The Egg and I. That amazing and durable mechanism, which is the human body, can withstand even the incredible onslaughts of a chicken farm. At least Betty has made this remarkable discovery as she finds herself still alive and reasonably active after harrowing weeks of captivity in the land of the Lagan and the realm of the rooster. Now, on a cool summer morning, her husband takes time out to make a studied observation. You know, Betty, you look wonderful. You're beautiful. Oh, come now. I mean it. <laughs> you see what this mountain air has done for you? And regular hours and a little physical exercise. A little physical well, exercise? Don't you feel different? Oh, brother, do I? Anyway, I still love you, I think. Well, you ought to. Just wait till you see what I brought home. What? I bought him from Doc Wilson. Oh, Baba Dog! Wonderful hunting dog, oh. but he's, he's terribly vicious. You gotta watch out for him. Oh, he doesn't look vicious to me. No, he doesn't, eh? Huh? Oh, Betty, don't touch him now. What? He's bitten about everybody in town. Honest? What's his name? Sport. Hiya, Sport! Betty, I told Hi. you not to touch him. I tell you, he's dangerous. Now, oh. takes a steady nerve to handle an animal like this. He looks awfully sweet to me. Sweet, huh? Sport, did you hear what she called you? Sweet. <laughs> See what I mean? But he's got such big brown eyes. And such long white teeth. But don't worry, I'll show him who's master around here. All right, you do that, darling. I'll go feed the chickens. Oh, morning, Miss Betty. Hello, Tom. Well, what on earth is that? Oh, it's just a contraption I've rigged up. Kind of an automatic feeder. Say, <laughs> you're a regular Edison or somebody. Nah, I just like to fool around with tools and things. Better than farming? Oh, much. Put it there, partner. I like anything better than farming. <laughs> Say, didn't school open today? Oh, I finished school last spring. I sort of hoped I could go to college, but there's not much chance of that. Why not? Well, Ma needs someone around the place. You know how Pa is. <laughs> yes, I know how Pa is. But your mother... You know, I think I'll go have a talk with her. And maybe tomorrow. This nice. You come to pay me a visit. Yes. Well, get in the kitchen where we can talk a spell. Thank you. <laughs> get out of the china closet, you darn chickens. Sketch, you get out of there. Chickens just love to come into my kitchen as if they didn't have enough room in the parlor. <laughs> I'll just knock these pots off the chair here. There you are, honey. Sit down a spell. Oh, thank you. Uh, you're staying for dinner, of course. Oh, no, thanks. Oh, sure no, you will. Now, if you just give me a hand setting the table here. Oh, certainly. Well... Well, you've got a large table. Relatives visiting you? <laughs> They're relatives, all right. Eleven kids. <laughs> or is it twelve? <laughs> oh, don't much matter. Uh, Tom was telling me what real nice people you was. Oh, Tom's a fine boy. And you know, he's so clever. Ain't he, though? Not a mite like the rest of us. Makes me stop and wonder sometimes. <laughs> you know, it's a shame he can't go to college. College? What for? 
Well, so he could make something of himself. If he had a little help, he, he could go to the state university. He been talking to you? Oh, he wants to go so badly. Yeah, I know he does. That seems such a pity. Yeah, I don't know as we could get along without Tom. We ain't got a live buck in the house except what he brings in. You see, Paul's kind of a dreamer and... Well, if you'll just get hold of the bell, we'll let the hungry varmints know the dinner's ready. Oh, certainly. Better clear that doorway, honey, before you get troubled on. What? I said you better get out of the doorway. Here they come. Howdy, Mrs. Henry. Henry, move over and let the lady get on the bench. Henry. I ain't Henry, Mom. Albert. That's Henry over there. Don't you remember? Well, whatever your name is, move over. Just make yourself comfortable, honey. Pitch right in. As long as I had to pick up Betty at the kettles, Miss Putnam, we thought we'd take you up on your invitation and drop in. How nice. Welcome to Bella Vista Farm. <laughs> Thank you. Bob, I really don't think we should have. Just look at these chicken houses, Betty. Well, maybe someday we'll have a layout like this, if we ever get a contract for our eggs. Oh, well, I'll be glad to speak to Mr. Henty if you like. He's the market agent. He buys all my eggs. Well, I'd certainly appreciate it. Oh, he'd do about anything I'd ask him to. He's such a dear. A young man, I take it? Oh, no, not young. Besides, uh, he has a wife. Oh, those were the old rules. Well, uh, do you think maybe we could take a look around the place, Harriet? Oh, just wait till you see my speckled Sussex. A what? Uh, speckled Sussex. That's a breed of hen. It's very special. Oh. This way, Betty, dear. Bob? Well? Do you find Harriet attractive? Well, she knows an awful lot about chickens. Well, if that's how you measure your women, where does that leave me? <laughs> you don't have to know about chickens to be attractive. Gosh, when I think of the years I spent learning how to be irresistible to my husband, all you have to do is cackle. Oh, I wonder if she could at that. What if she could what? Cackle? <laughs> no. Take you away from me. Betty, don't be an idiot. Well, it's happened before, you know. Men have no sense at all when it comes to women. Hey, will you stop? Well, it's true. Every man has his danger point. And your danger point might very well be Harriet Putnam's beautiful house and all that expensive farm machinery. Well, Betty, I simply don't understand what's going on. Hey, look out! Well, now look what you've done. I just mentioned Harriet Putnam, and the next thing we're in a ditch. What's that? That is a flat tire. Well, it's lucky I bought a new jacket. It'd really be stuck. Hey, that's funny. I left it right here in the back of the truck. Left what? The jack. That new jack I bought. Oh, that. Where is it? Well, I, I, I used it yesterday to prop open the screen door so that sport. It's uh, probably right there now. Well, all we need now to make the day perfect is for it to rain. You had to open your big mouth. Well, it only took us two hours on a flat tire, but we made it. We're home again. Bob, look. What's the matter? My garden, it's washed away. Regular waterfall. Now, Betty, when, I, when you insisted on planting your garden there, I... Oh, what no, I... don't say it. I... You told me so. Oh, I'm sorry, honey. Uh, Bob, 
Oh, we've got to get away from here before it's too late. Don't you see? They, they don't want us here. The, the mountains and the rain and the wind, they, they're fighting us all the time. Oh, now, Betty, it'll be all right. No, we've got to get away from here before we lose everything. Before we lose each other. Betty, Betty, wait. Now, look, honey, I just... Oh! Betty. What is it? I found the jack, honey. Hey, Betty. Betty, where's my gun? Oh, where's my gun? In the closet. What's the matter? A cougar. What? A cougar. What's that? Something like a mountain lion. It's very dangerous. Oh. He's in our woods back of the house. I just saw him. Well, won't he just go away? No, he won't get away. Now, where's Sport? Here's Sport. It's a wonderful hunting dog. It'll be a great chance to see how he works. Oh, here you are, Sport. Look at him, Betty. He's raring to go. He's got the scent already. Now stand aside while I let him out. All right, Sport. After him, boy. After him. Hey, no. No, this way, Sport. This way. Where are you going? He went back in the kitchen, dear. Sport, come here. Now look under the stove, Bob. He, that's where he usually hides. Yesterday, a field mouse almost frightened him to death. Come on, Sport. Sport. Come on out, boy. We're going hunting. Come on. Cougar. Cougar, boy. <laughs> He's crawling back further. Sport, now... Oh, all right. Stay there. Betty, that... That dog is dishonest. <laughs> okay, Sport. The hunter's gone. You can come out, Mr. Vicious. <laughs> no, no, no. Stop licking me. <laughs> Bob, your girlfriend's here, Harriet. Well, what could she want? Should I guess? No. Oh, morning, Harriet. Say, I'm in trouble. Oh, you are? Well, what's the matter? Just about everything. My generator broke down. Oh, but you look charming. <laughs> My farm's in an uproar, Bob. My foreman hasn't the slightest idea what to do about it. Well, uh, I guess I can come over and give you a hand, Harriet. Oh, will you? Why don't you get Tom Kettle? He's a genius with machinery. Oh, but he's such a boy. This is a man's job. Yeah, I see what you mean. <laughs> yes. I'll be back for lunch, Betty. Well, don't rush on my account. I'll go and visit Mark Kettle. Come on in, honey. Don't stand on no ceremonies. Blasted. Shoot, shoot. I brought you something, Ma. A present. For me? Yep. Jiminy Frizz. It's a dress. I made it myself. Oh, well, well drat my hide and call me a possum. <laughs> I thought you might like to wear it Saturday night. You're going to dance, aren't you? Am I? Why, you just can't imagine why you went to all this trouble for me. Oh, it was fun. Well, get some cookies out of that cabinet, honey. I'll pour us some coffee. Oh, I'd love some coffee. This cabinet That's here? it, honey. I'll... <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, pay it no mind. Just leave it on the floor. Might as well be one place as another. <laughs> you know, I used to be as neat as the next one, but Paul's an awful lazy old so-and-so, and it was fight, fight, fight all the time. So finally, I give it up. I says, I can't make Paul change and be neat, so I'll change and be dirty. <laughs> Been peace in the house ever since. Sit down, honey. What's that you're working on, Ma? This? This here's a quilt. Oh, say, it's perfectly beautiful. Figure it'll be something real nice to leave the kids when I die. Well, why don't you enter it in the county fair? Oh, I mean it, really, you should. County fair? What in tarnation fur? Well, you might win first prize. That's $500, and then, then you wouldn't need Tom for a while. He could enter college. Oh, taint no use. Bertie Hicks will win first prize. 
She wangles things every year so as one of her relations gets on the judging committee. Well, now you could try. Oh, I got a better idea, honey. When this quilt's finished, I'm giving it to you. Oh, oh I couldn't. No, no use arguing. This here's your quilt. Now, about the dance. You and your old man's going, ain't you? Oh, I wouldn't miss it for the world. Why, this is nice, strong coffee. Know why? Never put hardly no water in it. Rusts the bones. <laughs> well, drink up, honey. Drink up. Bob, I just can't believe it. You and I actually dancing again. Having fun? Am I? I haven't had so much fun. Oh, oh. I'm sorry, I... Well, well, greetings. Isn't this quaint? Oh, this is Mr. Henty. Oh, how do you do, Mr. Henty? I've been working on Mr. Henty to give you that egg contract, Bob. I've got him practically to the signing point, haven't I, Homer? Well, of course, we don't like any new obligations these days. Don't worry, but... Bob. It's in the bag. Waltz me round, Homer. Quite a character. Yes, isn't he? I mean her. Oh, she's all right, Betty. Mighty nice of her to go to all that trouble. We could sure use that egg contract. My, it was warm in there. Well, let's sit down a minute, Bob. Where's Betty? Oh, she's still dancing, having the time of her life. Now, Harriet, about those plates... Can't we talk about something besides chickens? Bob... What about you and uh, Betty? Does she like being a farmer's wife? Oh, sure. She's crazy about it. You know, it. men are such fools about women. Invariably, they marry the wrong one. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> All my ex-husbands did. Bob, must you sit so far away? Oh, uh, I... Uh... Ow! What was that? Well, something just bopped me on the head. Hey, look. It's a shoe. Darling, are you hurt? Well, no, but... Uh... Parting's getting rough. Uh, excuse me, I uh, think I'd better go in. Getting some air? How long have you been out here? Me? I, oh, I just came out this minute. Are you having a good time? Somebody hit me on the head with this shoe. No. What for? Just trying to be funny, I guess. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, no, don't throw it away. It's, it's mine. Uh-huh. So it was you. Yes, now you go right out there and get it. What was the idea? It must be over there in those bushes. I repeat, what was the idea? <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to hit you, honest. I meant to hit her. <laughs> Did it hurt? Of course it hurt. But I don't see why you don't like Harriet. She likes you. She said she admires you very much. Oh, now she's saying nice things about me. Well, that's just why I don't like her. I don't... Well, you're being childish. We just walked out. I am out not there to... being childish. <laughs> That barnyard glamour girl is setting a trap for you, and you're just goofy enough to fall into it. You know, I don't like the point, but you're beginning to make a noise like a jealous female, and it isn't becoming. Well, just exactly what has she got that I haven't got except chickens? Well, for one thing, she hasn't got me, as you seem to think. Well, it's hardly noticeable. Every time I look around, you've got your heads together. It's getting monotonous. Well, I should think you could trust me. In my book, a marriage without trust doesn't amount to much. Well, it's Miss Dreamy Puss I don't trust. Oh, well, thanks for the vote of confidence. You know, if I had a farm like hers and running water and plumbing, I'd have more time to concentrate on you, too. Oh, so it isn't me you're jealous about. It's her farm. Well, I'd like to see her carry a couple of pails of water every morning from the well to the house. That's all. Well, what do you want to do, Betty? Give up? All you have to do is say the words, you know. Well, when are we going to get a farm like that with machines and gadgets and little men all running around all over the place doing oh, things? when we've earned it. Oh, did she earn it? Well, it's different with her. She, her farm's a hobby. With me, it's a, it's a cause. I want to carve it out of rock with my bare hands. Yeah, and mine, don't forget. 
Just look at them, will you? You'd never believe they used to get a manicure twice a week and never did anything rougher than play the piano. Well, if you ask me, they're being a lot more useful. You should be very proud of them. I've got a great idea. Why don't you poison me and marry her? You'd make a wonderful husband for her. Oh, fine, fine. I like that. We could spend our honeymoon in the electric chair thinking about you. Attention, folks. Attention. Sheriff Drum's got a very important announcement. Hey, what's going on in there? We better go in and see what's up. But what about my shoes? Don't like to interrupt the dance, folks, but is Pa Kettle here? Right here, Sheriff. Pa, you'd better get along home. Your barn's on fire. Gee, horse for John. I told you that still of yours would blow up someday, and by golly, it did. But that ain't all, folks. A wind's come up, and we got a man-sized forest fire on our hands. Who's the new owner of the old Bailey farm? Well, that's us, Sheriff. We are. Better get moving, son. Fire's headed straight for your place. Got anything worth saving, better get it and run. Come on, Betty. <laughs> We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. In just a moment, we'll return with Act Three of The Egg and I, starring Claudette Colbert and Fred McMurray. When the same lovely face appears time after time on the covers of national magazines, Hollywood talent scouts sit up and take notice. I'm sure Miss Jane Addams, actress at Universal International, will bear me out on that statement. How about it, Jane? Well, Mr. Keeley, I guess I'm not the only girl whose job as a model led to a movie career. But I think my experience as a radio actress helped a lot, too. I'm sure it did. We remember with pleasure your early appearances on the Lux Radio Theater. You know when a producer finds dramatic talent combined with beauty, he knows he's in luck. I know what you mean by that, Mr. Keeley, when I watch Ella Raines before the camera. I used to visit the set of her new picture, The Web, almost every day. Must have been an exciting picture to watch being filmed. It had some fine male stars, too. Oh, yes, Edmund O'Brien, William Bendix, and Vincent Price. A wonderful cast, and they all worked hard. Ella Raines was married recently. Yes, she was a bride of only a few weeks when she was given her role in the web. In spite of long hours at the studio, she managed to have breakfast every day with her new husband. Only it had to be at 5 a.m. <laughs> Imagine, Ella Raines said to me, having to look one's best at 5 in the morning. <laughs> Knowing Ella, I don't think that would be too difficult. Oh, she always looks fresh as a flower. With that lovely, smooth skin of hers, I guess Mr. Kennedy here would say it pays to be a Lux girl. I'd say that it's a wise girl who depends on daily Lux soap care for complexion beauty. And so would I, Mr. Kennedy. When I was a model, I learned what a really effective care active lather facials with Lux soap can be. Ella Rain says it's wonderful to have a care that's so easy, too. She always has Lux toilet soap in her dressing room for a quick beauty facial. Perhaps you'll tell us, Miss Adams, just how she uses her beauty soap. Well, the same way I do. I just smooth the Lux soap lather well in, rinse with warm water, then cold, and pat my face dry with a soft towel. The lather's so rich and fragrant, it's a joy to smooth it over your skin. Thank you, Miss Jane Adams. Beauty facials with Lux toilet soap really leave skin softer, smoother. Tests by skin specialists prove it. Actually, three out of four complexions improved in a short time with this gentle daily care. We return you now to William Keeley. Act three of The Egg and I, starring Claudette Colbert and Fred McMurray. 
It's early the next morning. Bob and Betty stand motionless, gazing soberly at the desolate scene about them. The fire is out, but the farm and the forest is little more than a smoldering ruin. Yeah, not very pretty, is it? Well, anyway, it rained before the house burned, too. Take a lot of building to get this place started again. Yeah, new barns, new chicken houses, plant a new orchard. A lot of work for somebody. Well, when do we begin? We? Oh, no, Betty, I, I know when I'm late. Well, what's the matter with you? Oh, Bob. Now, look, they built up Chicago after the fire, didn't they? And San Francisco. Well, if they could rebuild a couple of cities, we ought to be able to build up a chicken farm. Betty, you, you mean you want to? You really want to? Yes, I really want to. I don't want to quit, Betty. I, I was just thinking about you. I... Hey, there's a car coming. Oh, if that's Harriet Mutt Putnam, all I can say is she picked the wrong day. Hey, Betty, look, it's half the county. What are they all coming here for? Well, Bob, Betty, I guess you're wondering why we're all here. Well, you took a bad beating here last night. Pretty much of everything gone. Now, I don't want you to get the idea we come here with charity. It's nothing of the sort. But we would like to help. So if you'll just sort of stand back, I'm going to call off the names of these folks here and see just how we stand. Mr. and Mrs. Pettigrew. We're given two young pigs in the corn to feed them. Mr. Henty. A two-year contract for their entire output of eggs and a cash advance. Uh, within reason, of course. Bob. I just don't know what to say. Mrs. Putnam. One dozen speckled Sussex hens. Pa Kettle. Six two-befores, two pounds of nails, and a hammer and saw. And a quart of green paint. Joe Bernheimer and wife. One week's work, in fact. Doc Wilson. What are you thinking about, Betty? I just can't get over it. Our neighbors. All they've done to help us get started again. Yeah, me either. Well, I guess we'll be seeing most of them at the fair today. Hey, we're going to be late if we don't hurry. Oh, take it easy. The fairgrounds don't open till 10 o'clock. Yeah, we want to get there before the crowd. <laughs> Bob, I've got a terrible confession to make. I've never been to a county fair before in all my life. You haven't? No. Well, you haven't lived. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get a chance to if Ma Kettle finds out I've entered her quilt in the competition. Oh, Bob, she's got to win first prize. She's got to. Uh, who's judging the quilts? It's that traveling salesman. You know, that impossible man, Billy Reed. Yeah, when you're out of socks or cinnamon seed, just open the door to Billy Reed. <laughs> <laughs> For six months, he's been driving me crazy. Uh, you better be nice to him today, honey, if he's the judge. Oh, don't worry. I intend to. Ma Kettle, hello. Good morning, honey. I just saw your old man in there looking at Miss Putnam's prize cows. That's quite a family resemblance, don't you think? <laughs> Land of Goshen, I just got to set for a minute. <laughs> hey, Ma, can I have a nickel? Oh, for goodness sakes, Ellie. I gave you a nickel a little while ago. But I'm not Ellie, Ma. I'm Henrietta. You give Ellie the nickel. Oh, well, all right. Here's a nickel. Now stretch it out for the rest of the day. Thanks, Ma. Hey, Albert! <laughs> Ain't youngins a nuisance, though. Just wait till you have yours. Oh, uh, well, it won't be for a while yet. It's not on our schedule. Schedule? They have them by schedule these days? <laughs> oh, come along, Ma. Let's get over to the judging stand. You ain't gone and entered something, have you? Me? Oh, no. I, I'm just interested. And on the spot in your hour of need, the housewife's friend called Billy Reed. Oh, morning, Mr. Reed. 
Say, that's some badge you're wearing there. Just vice president in charge of practically all the household judging. You don't say. Yes, ma'am. Got my own booth here, too. Need any bath salts, tea bags, sheep dip, curtain rods, a weed killer. Got a fine line of eyeglasses, safety pins, carpet tacks, and imported sardines. Ma, I'll see you later. You gonna buy something, missus? Well, I might at that, Mr. Reed, if you have time before you start judging. Time? I've got all the time in the world. I've got alarm clocks, mantel clocks, kitchen clocks, grandfather clocks, got clocks on the side. Four first prizes, are you? Well, you sure deserve them. You've got a wonderful farm. Oh, I used to think it would be so wonderful to hide away and be a lady farmer. But a prize Hereford is small solace on a cold winter evening. Well, that shouldn't be too hard to remedy for you. But all the best men are taken. Well, uh, why don't you sell the farm, then? You in the market for it? Me? <laughs> I'm afraid your place is way over my head. Don't be so sure. How much would it take? Make me an offer. Well, I, uh, I'd have to examine it first. Naturally. Well, I could come out tomorrow. Why not now? Now? Well, why not? Well, all right. I'll, I'll find Betty oh, and tell her... Oh, don't be silly. We'll be back before we're even missed. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess it shouldn't take long, should it? Of course not, darling. Not long at all. And now, folks, the $500 first prize award for patchwork quilting. After six years of top honors, Mrs. Birdie Hicks has got to take second place this year. First prize goes to Mrs. Ma Kettle. Ma, Ma, you won first prize. Huh? Well, hack me down and chop me up for kindling. Well, Mrs., I sure kept my part of the bargain. Yes, you certainly did, Mr. Reed. Although any fool could tell that Ma's quilt deserved first prize. A lot of folks named Hicks in this county, Mrs. Well, you can send us that portable billiard table anytime you're ready. And a set of the encyclopedias? That's what you said before. And a set of encyclopedias. Thanks, Mrs. Ain't sold a set of them things since 1936. And Ma won that, Miss Petty. Five hundred dollars? Yes, don't you see, Tom? Now you can go to college. Isn't that... Oh, Miss Betty, what's the matter? Oh, I don't know. I, I think... Ma! Miss Betty, she's fainted! Hey, 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 Ma, where are we? The first aid room, honey. Now, you, you feeling better? I sent Tom to look for Bob. Well, what happened to me? I, I never fainted before in my life. Honey, you better stop by Doc Wilson's. Oh, nonsense. What for? Honey... You sure you looked at the schedule lately? <laughs> Bob? Bob, is that you? You Oh, I I just walked in. Do you mind? Oh, of course not. I I, I thought it was my husband. Uh, won't you sit down? Oh, thank you. My husband hasn't come home yet from the fair and I thought you know, I don't seem to remember having met you before. Well, we we don't get around as much as we used to, do we, Edward? I beg your pardon? Oh, uh, this is my husband. This is Edward. Where? But there's nobody. He's so retiring. Sometimes people just don't notice Edward at all. Oh, well, how do you do? We used to have a chicken farm, too, didn't we, Edward? Till Charlotte came. Charlotte? Yes, dear. Charlotte was just an ordinary little chicken when she was hatched. 
But as time went on, she got bigger and bigger and bigger until she was so high, higher even than a man. It's all right, sport, I think. And that's when I began to notice that Charlotte wasn't being friendly. She used to look at us as if she could just peck us to pieces. Didn't she, Edward? And then one night, Edward and I, we heard a knock on the door. Just like this. Oh! Oh! Sheriff! Well, here you are, Emily. I figured I'd find you here. Oh, you. You've been a bad girl, Emily. <laughs> Come along, Edward. He found us again. Help her to the car, Joan. Poor soul. Hope she didn't disturb you too much. Oh, no. I enjoyed every minute of it. Emily is harmless enough. But she gets away once in a while. She always comes here, you know. Here? Oh, yes. She and her husband used to own this place. Then one day, Edward up and off with, ran off with another gal. Ain't seen hiding a hair of them since. Drove Emily plum loco. Uh, you, uh, you haven't seen any sign of Bob, have you, Sheriff? No, ma'am, I haven't. Well, sleep tight. Oh. Ten o'clock at night, he, he leaves me all alone with lunatics running all over the place and husbands you can't see and chickens bigger than a man. You can't do this to me, Bob. I won't put up with it. I, I just won't put up with it. Bob! Bob! Bob, where are... Oh. Got a message for you, ma'am. What is it? Well, your husband says he's been delayed and not to wait up for him. Thank you. Any answer? Wait a minute. Haven't I seen you at Miss Putnam's farm? Well, that's right, ma'am. That's where I work. Oh, you do, do you? Well, there is an answer. Just tell my husband I'm through. <laughs> your coffee, Betty. Toast? No, thank you, Mother. Well, what's upsetting you now? Upsetting me? Nothing. Don't kid me. The mailman was here and no letter from Bob. Oh, please, Mother. For weeks he sent you a letter every day and for weeks you sent them back unopened. No wonder he stopped writing. Well, if he had any real interest in me, he'd have been here months ago. In my opinion, both you and Bob are behaving very stupidly. Especially you, my darling. Not even letting him know he's about to become a father. Mother, we've been over all this. All right, all right. A perfectly good marriage breaking up because of a lot of stubbornness. It's not stubbornness. It's, it's eggs and Harriet Putnam. I'll never go back to him, dear. Never. Grandchild or not, Betty, this is undoubtedly the most beautiful baby I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, Mother, isn't it funny how a little bit of nothing makes everything else so unimportant? Like what, for instance? Oh, like fights and jealousies and doing crazy things that really don't make any difference anyway. Mm-hmm. Did, did the tickets get here yet? Tickets? What tickets? Oh, didn't, didn't Emmy tell you? My train reservations. To, to the mountains? Mm -hmm. The chicken farm. Well, of course. I'm going back to Bob, Mother, naturally. Naturally. Well, thank heavens you changed your mind. Yeah, I think it's about time I changed something else, too. Hold her a second, will you, darling? 
sure glad to happen to be at the railroad station, miss. I'm certainly glad you started the taxi business, Joe. Oh, my, it's good to be back again. Say, didn't you even send your husband a telegram? Uh-uh. I thought it'd be so much better to surprise him. You see? The baby thinks so, too. Oh, darling, just wait till you see him. He's a pretty nice fellow in many ways. Of course, he has some strange ideas about how to live, and, and he can be taken in by any designing female. But he's really swell, and he's awfully cute. You could do a lot worse than to grow up to be just like him. Couldn't she, Joe? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, here we are. Well, what are we stopping here for? This is the Putnam place. This is Bella Vista Farms. It sure is, missus. That's where he lives now. Oh, no. Well, ain't you going to go in? Go in? You turn right around and drive me back to that railroad station. Oh, you poor child. It's not your fault he's your father. Don't you worry, darling. They say there's nothing to heredity. Oh, I only wish I had him here for one minute. I'd show him. And that woman, too. I... Joe! Joe, stop this taxi cab. Huh? Turn right around and take us right back to Bella Vista Farm. I won't be long, Joe. Would you mind holding the baby for a minute? Huh? Well, ain't I going to get to see nothing? No, but you're going to hear plenty. Sport, don't you two wag your tail at me, you traitor. Betty! Don't you betty me, you bluebeard. Oh, I suppose you could hardly wait till I got out of your way so you could move in here with that silly woman and her, her station wagon and her automatic milkers. Now, Betty, just wait a minute. And just wait till she finds out you're more interested in her automatic milkers than you are in her, that's all. Now, listen to me, Betty. I gave you the best years of my life. One year. Well, it seemed like ten. And for what, I'd like to know, just so you could run off with the first idiot that made goo-goo eyes at you. Are you through? Yes, for the moment. Well, then I'd like to say something. To begin with, I'm not sharing this farm with Harriet Putnam, as you seem to think. I'm living here by myself. And do you know why? Do you want to know why? Because my wife walked out before I had a chance to tell her that I'd bought this farm for her. You what? Yes, I bought it. I hocked everything I owned in the world, or we owned, to make the down payment. Wanted to surprise you with it because you were so wonderful and worked so hard and... Don't think I didn't know it and didn't appreciate it. Bob. And then what happens? The very night I close the deal and go home, what do I find? A big sign painted on the wall. I'm through. In green paint, just like that. Baba, I didn't know. Well, if you'd had the decency to read my letters, you'd have known. Oh, oh I'm so terribly sorry. Well, well after all, I... <laughs> oh, gosh, Betty, am I, am I glad to see you. Now, don't cry, honey, please. Hey, you know what day this is? Happy anniversary. Oh. I mean, happy day after our anniversary. The same to you, darling. Hey, look. Here's our old calendar. You remember this? What? This date, May the 11th. Mother's Day. Oh. We're a little off schedule, aren't we? But, hey. Hey, where are you going? Oh, don't worry, darling. We'll make it. Thanks, Joe. I'll take her now. Hmm? Well, right on schedule. Huh? Well, well, yeah. <laughs> well, aren't you even going to... Hold... Sure, sure, I'm going to hold him. What's his name? Anne. Oh. <laughs> well, glad to know you, Anne. 
Bob! Mr. Bob! Oh, we're in here, Pa. You better come right away. We got trouble in the chicken house. Got those water pipes again? Busted wide open. Oh, howdy, missus. Howdy. Hey, them hens is going crazy. Well, uh, let's get going. Yeah. Bob, Bob, you must you take the baby with you? Oh, oh. Oh, here you are, honey. Be careful. Now, don't go away, you two. Do you see what I mean, folks? I could write a book. That's when I realized that no man truly owns his own property. All right, welcome uh, back to Yesterday Today. That that was. Uh, I'm trying to do a. I'm trying to talk here for the show. Look, um, William. William, can you excuse us for a moment? Just, just a moment. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll, ste- I'll, I'll step off this, uh, this area here. Jake, I gotta be honest. I'm th- this guy's not not giving me much confidence. I'll be, I'll be real with you. I am beginning to reconsider what we've done here, McLean. Um, the thing is, I signed yeah. a contract mm-hmm. with the man. Uh, he wrote the contract himself Sign with the crayon, but it seemed pretty okay. legally binding from what I could see. So I'm a little concerned the that we aren't going to... not a lawyer. I don't think he knows what legally binding means. He wrote legally binding on the contract, though. Here, I'll ask Jake, him. I'll ask him. I don't, think, I don't think that's enough. No, 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 no. Don't ask him. Willie. Uh, uh, oh, Willie, um, that's right. I forgot that's the title I'm going by. Yes, go ahead. How airtight is that contract we signed with you? Well, to call it airtight isn't entirely accurate. And you really can't call it a contract either, uh, technically. In fact, if you if you call it a contract, there there could be some real troubles. Could I see this contract? Uh, sure, I've got it folded up inside an old sandwich bag in my pocket here. Uh, let me just whip this thing out. Get my dip. Oh, that is... There you go. That is soggy. Wow. This is very moist. I don't... Well, that's the salami sauce. Um, so just unfold it by the corners there. Now, you'll notice that your name is in all capitals here, and so is mine. See, that's an essential part of the whole system. McLean, I'm starting to think we might be in the clear on this. Now, that right there is the great seal of the of the ocean state, uh, the maritime nation. That's important there. That seal is what... Does it say that you're a seagoing vessel? And that's correct. See, by identifying myself as a seagoing vessel with a capacity of at least 12 crew, I make myself immune to the laws of this corporeal nation. If y'all haven't become boats as legal entities, y'all need to get on that real fast. I could help you for a fee. I can't believe my only shot at not spending the rest of my life in prison is by declaring myself a boat. Hey, once you go nautical, you never go back, my friend. Thank you, Willie. We will we will consider this boat thing. In the meantime, I got to introduce our last show. All right, this last show is an episode of Jack Benny, in which Jack Benny writes up his own little uh, farm living skit after he goes, after he sees a Ma and Pa kettle movie. So uh, yeah, this is Jack Benny and Down on the Farm. The Jack Benny program transcribed, presented by Lucky Strike. Friends, while cigarettes may look the same on the outside, there's an important inside difference in Lucky Strike. An inside difference that proves Luckies are made better to taste better. And it's easy to prove this to yourself. Just tear and compare. From a newly opened pack, take a cigarette made by any other manufacturer. Then carefully tear a thin strip of paper straight down the seam from end to end and gently remove the tobacco. In tearing, be careful not to disturb or loosen the tobacco. 
Now, in exactly the same way, remove the paper from a lucky strike. Then compare. Some cigarettes are so loosely packed they fall apart. Others have air spaces that burn too fast, taste hot and harsh and dry. But look at that lucky. See how it stays together. A perfect cylinder of fine, mild tobacco. See how round and firm and fully packed it is with long strands of fresh, clean, good-tasting tobacco. Because Luckies are made this way, they draw freely, smoke smoothly and evenly, taste fresh, clean, and mild. So tear and compare. Prove to yourself that Luckies are made better to taste better. Then make your next carton Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike program starring Jack Benny with Mary Livingston, Phil Harris, Rochester, Dennis Day, the Sports from Quartet, and yours truly, Don Wilson. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, just recently, Jack Benny received one of the Sylvania Pioneer Awards for his contribution to the history of radio. So tonight, in keeping with this honor, I feel that I should give Jack a dignified introduction. Well, thank you, Don. It's times like these I wish I were a poet. What a beautiful thought, Don. I can just imagine you a poet. Henry Wadsworth Fatfellow. <laughs> but don't let me interrupt you. Go on. Then. Yes, folks, if I had the gift of poetry with which to describe our scintillating star, I... Hmm, I'll get it, Don. Hello? Hello, Mr. Benny, this is Rochester. Rochester, you certainly picked a fine time to call. Why aren't you listening to the program? That's what I called, boss. There's something wrong with our radio. Oh, well, maybe there's a break in the electric cord. I thought of that, boss, so I traced it. I started at the radio, went around the baseboard, up the wall, out the window, across the driveway... Through the head and right to the plug on Mr. Coleman's back porch. <laughs> well, Rochester, I hope nobody saw you. Well, just as I reached the porch, Mrs. Coleman came out. So I ducked behind the hedge and meowed like a cat. Did you fool her? I think so. She left two saucers of milk. <laughs> two? Yeah, one of them had a note on it. This one's for Mr. Benny. <laughs> Good, I'll have it when I get home. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I hate to miss your program. Well, I've got an idea, Rochester. I'll leave the receiver off the hook, and you'll be able to hear the whole show over the telephone. Yes, sir. Okay, Don, let's get on with the program. Ladies and gentlemen, as I was saying, even though I'm not a poet, today I'd like to introduce our star with a little poem. A poem? Yes. To Jack Benny. I love my boss, but he's so cheap, he only spends a slow buck. What a line, slow buck. His suits are from Montgomery Ward, his hair from Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> and here he is, Jack Benny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hello again, this is Jack Benny talking. Hmm, hair from Sears and Roebuck. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Don, I have a poem about you, too. Oh, about me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know too much about poetry, but here's one I stole from Johnny Ray. 
This is to you, Don. When your boss writes you a letter of goodbye, you'll feel better if you let your stomach down and cry. <laughs> Remember that. Hey, Jackson, if you really want to get... To wait a minute, Phil, wait a minute. I want to see what Rochester thought of that joke. Hello? 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 Rochester, hello? Hello? Rocha, I just told a joke. Where were you? I had to answer the door. The mailman was just here and he delivered a package. A package? Who from? Sears Roebuck. You can be a blonde again. <laughs> oh, good, good. That's the one that makes me look like Nelson Eddy. Uh, keep listening to the show, Rochester. Now, Phil, what were you talking about? Well, I was just going to say, Jack's now about doing something different on the show tonight. Something entertaining, like, uh... Well, like getting Livy and me to sing a song together. Hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. You'll sing with Phil, won't you, Mary? No, thanks. I sang with Phil before. No matter what song he sings, it always comes out. That's what I like about the South. <laughs> All right, Livy, you don't have to sing with me. I just thought that you and I'd make a nice trio. Trio? You and Mary would make a nice trio? Yeah. Look, Phil, let me explain something to you. One is a solo, two is a duet. Now, if you add a third person, you've got a trio. Oh. And if you add a fourth person, you have a quartet. Uh-huh. Now, Phil, if you had four people and you found a fifth, what would you have? <laughs> Throw me that lead again, will you, Buster? <laughs> All right, if you had four people and found a fifth, what would you have? A quintet fooled you that time, didn't it? <laughs> Why, Phil, that's right. You're right. If you had a fifth, you'd have a quintet. Yeah, but they'd all be loaded. <laughs> I knew it couldn't last. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Mary? Did you see the way his arranger has to write the music so Phil can read it? No, how? An eighth note is a diamond, a quarter note is a heart, a half note a club, and a whole note a spade. Phil, you have your music written out in diamonds, hearts, clubs, and spades? Certainly. <laughs> well, how do you read it? Simple. Here, I'll show you. Now, look at this sheet of music. See? Well, that makes no sense at all to me. Sure it does, Jackson. Take this bar, for instance. You see these notes right here, one right after the other? Oh, you mean the scale? Scale? What's that? <laughs> Phil, if you want to play your music according to Hoyle, that's all right with me. But right now, we have to have a song. Oh, Dennis! Dennis! <sighs> Dennis, what are you yawning about? I didn't get any sleep last night. My mother and father had a big argument. An argument? Yeah, it was all about you. My mother said you were a jerk. <laughs> hmm. And then my father got up and said you were a great guy and a fine example of a man. Your father said that? May he rest in peace. Now, stop being silly. Your father's sitting right out here in the audience. Yeah, doesn't he look awful? <laughs> Cut that out. Uh, Dennis, why does your mother dislike Jack so much? Well, she used to go with Mr. Benny before she met my father. Oh, she did not. She says she did. Maybe. What was your mother's name before she married your father? I didn't know her then. <laughs> of course you didn't. Now, come on, kid. Let's have your song. Okay.
who made the tree, who made the river flow to the sea, and who hung the moon in the starry sky. Somebody bigger than you and I, who makes the flowers bloom in the spring, who writes the song for the robin to sing, and who sends the rain when the earth is dry. Somebody bigger than you and I, he lights the way when the road is long, keeps you company. Somebody bigger than you and I. When I am weary, filled with despair, who gives me courage to go on from there? And who gives me faith that will Somebody Bigger Than You and Me, sung by Dennis Day. Or you and I, rather. I gotta stay away from Phil. <laughs> and now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction well, tonight... Oh, wait a minute, Jack. Uh, are we gonna do a sketch tonight? Yes, Mary. A couple of weeks ago, I saw the, uh, that Universal International picture, Ma and Pa Kettle at the fair. And it gave me an idea. So I went home and wrote a play about life on a farm. Now, I play the young husband, and Mary, you're my wife. See, we're newlyweds and have just bought a farm. We have some neighbors that are very much like Ma and Pa Kettle. And oh, also... just a minute, Jack. Is there a part in it for me? Well, Don, the scene takes place on a farm, so you can play the part of our horse. <laughs> oh, Jack, every time you do a farm sketch, I play the part of a horse. I want to do something else. Well, what would you like to be, Don? A canary. Don, you a canary? Beep, 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 beep. Well, that's not so bad. And now, ladies and gentlemen, for our feature attraction tonight, we will present a rustic play entitled Down on the Farm. Set the scene, Don. (laughs) 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, our play, Down on the Farm, an epic of rural life. As the scene opens, we find the newlyweds, Sylvia and Danny Klingenpeel, driving out to their new home. Gee, Sylvia, I hope you like the new farmhouse I bought. Oh, I know I will, Mr. Klingenpeel. You can call me Danny. We've been married a week now. <laughs> well, here we are. Look, darling, there's our new home. And there's the man from the real estate office. Oh, Mr. Mr. How do you do? <laughs> I'm, um, I'm the new owner of this house. Your name is Frank Nelson, isn't it? It was Frank, but I changed it to Ike. I want people to like me. I see. Uh, this house looks like there's been a lot of work done on it recently. Yes, we completely remodeled it from the basement to the ceiling. Good, good. Will you show us through the house? Yes, but don't expect me to play the piano. Let's go inside. Come on, honey. All right. I'm talking to my wife. <laughs> oh, I thought everybody liked me. Look, we want to see the house. Will you take us through, please? You follow me. This is the living room. Uh-huh. This is the dining room. Uh-huh. This is the breakfast room. And this is the guest room. The guest room? How do you do? How do you... <laughs> what was that? He's been a guest here through five owners. Five owners? Yes, he spent half the time in escrow. Mister, uh, mister, I'd like to see the kitchen. Right through this door. There, isn't it a beauty? Well, I don't know. The stove looks very old and awfully dirty. Oh, oh, Sylvia, that's just a little dust. I'll blow it off. <laughs> hmm. Mister, have you tried Sen-Sen? <laughs> Never mind. Well, it's getting kind of late. I better go. Well, goodbye, Mr. Nelson. Goodbye. Well, darling, here we are in our own little home. We better start getting to sleep on a farm, you know. You have to get up at four in the morning. You're right, sweetheart. Good night. Good night. Darling. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> Darling, you're snoring. No, no, that's the rooster. It's morning. Oh, oh. Well, you hurry and get breakfast ready. I'll go out and milk the cows. Good thing I slept in my clothes. 
My, it's pitch dark this early in the morning. Now, where's the milking pail? Ah, here it is. Easy, bossy, easy. That's a good girl, bossy. Easy, bossy, easy. See, I can't seem to find... Uh-oh, wrong end. <laughs> oh, here we are. See, that cow looks like the rooster. Now, Bossy, hold still while I fix the pail and stool. There. That's a good cow. Oh, la, 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 la. Oh, la, 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 la. Oh, la, 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 la. La, 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 la. Hmm, better change. Oh, Danny, are you through milking? I'm not, but I think the cow is. <laughs> hey, Sylvia, what are you holding? Look, I just found it. It's a black kitten with a white stripe down its back. Well, shucks, if that isn't the cutest little... Kitty, have you tried Sensen? <laughs> Now, Sylvia, don't stand around. We gotta feed the animals. Okay. Beep, 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 beep. Oh, look, Danny. Isn't it cute the way our canary follows us around? Yeah. Now, shoo, canary, shoo. We gotta feed the chickens. Here, chick, 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 chick. Come on, chick, chick. Here's some corn for you. Oh, Danny, look at the hen sitting on the nest. Where? Oh, yeah. Now we've got breakfast. Well, I better get some oats for the horse, hay for the cow, and, uh... <laughs> what happened? Our canary stepped on the horse and killed it. <laughs> Mary, that line is our canary stepped on the pig and killed it. It has an imitation of a pig. Mary says it stands out on the cow and kills it. Well, he, he can't help it. He looks like everybody. Take that line, our canary stepped oh, on right. the pig. Uh, our canary stepped on the pig and killed it. Gee, that's too bad. <laughs> Sylvia, maybe the canary is hungry. He can't be. A little while ago, I gave him a side of beef. <laughs> Give him the other side. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, let's get on with the... Oh, look, here comes someone. Hello? Howdy, neighbors, howdy. <laughs> Deep Terrace is my name. I live right over the hill. Well, do you do you have a farm over there? Yep, I raise a little of this, a little of that. Mostly corn. <laughs> for your pig? Nope, from a still. <laughs> oh, you have a still? Yep, it'll make 20 gallons a day. 20 gallons a day? Well, that isn't much. Ain't bad, my old lady don't drink. <laughs> moved in here, Zeke. How long have you been living around this section? Well, now, let me see. I, uh, I moved here in 1918, and this is 1952. That's, uh, 20 years. Wait a minute, Zeke. From 1918 to now is 34 years you've lived here. Well, we don't count the 14 years of prohibition as living. <laughs> oh, you got any children? Yep, I got two boys. We ain't seen them since they run away with the circus 10 years ago. Sure missed the ball. Oh, it's a shame both of them left. Maybe one of them will come back. Nope, ain't likely. They're Siamese twins. <laughs> oh, twins, eh? Yep, they're pretty attached to each other. <laughs> oh, Zeke, you may not have a cow, but you sure milked that one. <laughs> By the way, Zeke, is that field over there part yep, of your farm? The yeah, that's the place where I raised my tobacco. Uh, them are my hired hands out there picking. Where? Right over there. <laughs> Reuben, Reuben, we've been thinking what a fine job we have here. Growing all this fine tobacco for the Luckies every year. We know all about those Luckies, they're the best we do declare. You will find them made much better if you care and then compare. Reuben, Reuben, is it true? Have you been to the county fair? Did you see those burlesque dancers? Did you stare and then compare? Country folks enjoy a lucky. It's a smoke they recommend. Around experiment, better tasting, fully packed with no loose ends. Everybody's smoking luckies, Ma and Pa and Grandpa too. Get mail here in the country stamped with letters RFD. But the letters we all look for fair in LSMFT. LSLSMFT, it's LSLSMFT. Let's be happy and go lucky. That's the cigarette for me. Be happy, go lucky, Say, Zeke, your farm hands are pretty good. Yep, they sing all the time. Hiya, neighbors. Howdy, Zeke. Good to see you all. Well, hello. Uh, uh... Mark Heddle is the name. Live right down the road. Which house? No house, just down the road. <laughs> uh, no house? Yep, she's married to Paul Kettle, the laziest man in the state. Yep, you just can't make him move. One day, he sat on an acorn. Twenty years later, we had to get him down out of the tree. No kidding. Well, what do you know? Here comes Paul Kettle now, the lazy critter. 
Name is Dennis, but folks call him Paul. Howdy, Paul. Oh, hi, Zeke. Hi, folks. Ma, put your arms around me and squeeze me. I feel like exhaling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there. That feels better. Any place to lie down around here? <laughs> Paul, stand up for a while. Oh, by the way, what are you folks figuring on raising here? The chickens. I wouldn't try it if I were you. Tried to raise them myself a few years ago and never had any luck. What happened? Bought ten hens. They laid a lot of eggs, but none of them never did hatch. How many roosters did you have? Oh, a rooster. <laughs> hmm. Well, I guess I better be going along now. Gotta go home and help my pig write a letter. Your pig writes letters? Oh, I just give him the paper. He already has the pen and oink. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Pa Kettle, you may be a hick, but... Why don't you finish? Too lazy. (laughs) Well, look, my wife and I are just going in to have breakfast. Why don't you folks come in and join us? Well, that's okay with me. Oh, me too. Pick me up, Ma. (laughs) Well, come on. Let's all go in and eat. Folks, breakfast is on me. On you? Yes, we haven't got a table. <laughs> uh, oh, Sylvia, you've only been on the farm one day. You've got corn all over you. Thank you for listening to our uh, farm-themed uh, show today. And uh, after we sign off here, we're uh, we're we're uh, to be honest, we're we're trying to get Willie out of here. He won't Willie? leave. William, Will. Yeah, yeah. Please leave. I don't think I don't think we'll need your services. You know, it's very kind of you to offer your expertise as a lawyer, uh, le- legal advisor, legal advisor. And uh, while I appreciate that, um, I, I I don't think we'll be needing you after all. So if you could just see yourself out, you know, doors right there. So I'll see you around, Willie. Well, well, the problem, fellers, is I I can't I can't I got nowhere to go, but. They put a lock on my vehicle, the, the, the block on the tire, I can't get rid of it. I, I, I made myself a boat so I can't call a taxi. I don't carry any U.S. currency because I reject it as a form of, form of oppression. All I've got are these, these old tokens from that place with that robot rat and the pizza. I, I can't get home with this. Y'all gotta take a little bit of a pity on a, on a, on a boat personage. We do have that spare closet over there. He can he could sleep in that if he really what? has to, McLean. No, right? hold on. As long as you don't call it a dwelling, guy. as long as you don't call it a dwelling, then I'll, I'll be happy to, to to curl up in there next to the boots and the shoes. I okay, but only for one I night. Mean, there's we only don't have one a lot night. Of, well, it all depends on how you define a night. Now, see. Yeah, whoa, hold on, hold on. Y- yes. No, no, no. Let's be more specific. You can stay there for the next twelve hours. Okay. 12 hours. Now, is that a... 12 Earth hours. 12 Earth hours. Earth hours. Well, see, depending on your, your so-called claim spherical nature of the Earth, the, the true nature of this world that we're on, not entirely spherical. In fact, not spherical at all. So when you try to define an hour, it's really more of about uh, two months rent-free. Well, it, it, it depending on how you, how you release it.